welcome to the Attitude Error Podcast, episode number 32. I've got the heart to pretend to do Sid Vicious. Oh, 32? Yeah, there's no yeah. better jokes you made there. <laughs> Goldberg plus 10? <laughs> Why me? And it's Survivor Series 2000. Hello everyone once again, I'm Kevin Mann. Joined as I am always in this review of the Attitude Era by my cohorts, comrades and colleagues. First of all, Adam Bibolo. Hello, sir. Hey there, Kevin. How's things? Good. Last Survivor Series of the Attitude Era. Yeah, last one, actually. I hadn't thought about it that way. Crazy to think, isn't it? Yeah, we're getting scarily close now. And we're the first pay-per-view of the Stephanie McMahon era. Yeah, she's in charge now, then. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember this being a good period, so I'm still... Well, hold hold that judgement, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll see. And to my right, unquestionably, the baddest man on the planet, Mr. Billy Keeble. Hello, Billy. Hello there. How's things? Not bad, not bad. Have you got Steph fever? I have a staff infection. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, brother, I told you, take a Z-pack, we'll be fine. I'm going to podcast you until you get a concussion. <laughs> uh, you looking forward to talking about this one? Yeah, I've got a lot to say. Survivor Series, it's, it's our last one. It is, but it's only technically our second one because the first two were tournaments. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. So, there we go. <laughs> As I said before, um, I'll tell you about the magazine covers when they're good, but they're normally shite, so uh, it's not worth even mentioning what was on this week. Bad News Biblo over here, just like leaning up against the wall, you know, flicking a coin with a... Sorry, yeah. With, with a toothpick, and I'll tell you when the magazine covers are ready, all right? Yeah, <laughs> flick it away. Well, it's time to hit the reset button and retcon that last pay-per-view. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Mann's at the helm, she's got a giant eraser, and she's not going to wrestle it like Brian Pillman, she's just going to get rid of the fact that it was meant to be Rikishi who was the baddest man on the planet, because it was triple all along, it's Survivor Series 2000. You were all puppets. You were all fools. You were all living a lie. No one saw the truth when it stared them straight in the eyes. No one knew it was I who was pulling all your strings. Even now, you think you know the truth? The truth is... You still don't know. You see only what I let you see. You know only what I allow you to know. You feel exactly what I want you to feel. Stone Cold Steve Austin. The rules of change. This is a new game. When you cannot survive, when you cannot win. Tonight, Austin. Game. Tonight. Austin. Game. I basically did it, Austin. <laughs> well, that's better than isn't it? I kind of more or less did it. I didn't actually do it, but you know, it was basically me. At least we can pin the blame on someone we actually want to pin the blame on yeah. this time around. Though. Yeah, I mean, Triple H was Billy's pick for who yeah. ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's the logical pick, I yeah. think. I just think it's nice at this moment to sit back and go, well, Billy and Stephanie McMahon were obviously on the same page, creatively speaking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is good to know, like. It's, it's good for to once. know. So, yeah, Triple H has revealed himself to be the mastermind behind the master plan to master run over Stone Cold Steve Master last year at the Survivor Series. It's been 12 months since Stone Cold got run down. And in those 12 months, there's been spills, chills, accusations, and rewrites. So, yeah, Triple H, he's the one 
Yeah. He's the one who for gave definite definite. for yeah. definite, definite. If anyone deserves to get a sledgehammer thrown at their head and then kidnapped and then attempted to be run over, it's this guy now. Yeah, so Rikishi actually physically drove the car, but from this promo package and everything in between, basically Triple H haunted Rikishi. Yeah. <laughs> took yeah, keep, control of his mortal he, form. He, he keeps talking about how he's the puppet master, and I just put an image into my head of like Rikishi asleep with like the strings coming off his fingers while Triple H makes him drive into the car. <laughs> he didn't want to do it for Duroc, like, you know? <laughs> so he did it for the game, and uh, he did it, not Rikishi, I guess. A lot of shots in this promo package of Triple H flipping his hair. It's like, yeah. I ran over Steve Austin. You know, I'm, I'm a badass. Look at my hair. You know, I'm worth it. <laughs> yeah. My hair looks really good. You've got no hair, Steve Austin. You're fucked tonight, pal. <laughs> yeah, um, are you excited to see Triple H take on Steve Austin? Definitely. You are? Definitely, Because yes. my question is that, like, you know, obviously watching it week to week back when I was a kid, I think they kind of made me buy it a little bit more. Kind of like, oh, Triple H, not Rikishi. Yeah, yeah. No, that does make perfect sense. But now having watched, you know, those two pay-per-views and reviewing these episodes, it's kind of like, nah, they read this one kind of like, it's Rikishi, Triple H. Yeah. And I felt that, I don't know, that maybe has hampered my uh, anticipation of this build. I thought it was already established as well, but it, but... Triple H had like a, a solid alibi. He did, yeah. He wasn't, wasn't there. Wasn't, oh, he wasn't yeah. there, wasn't he behind Austin? Yeah, he was hadn't literally. And he just had room. a match. He was in the same room as him. That's yeah. the genius That's of the getting genius. someone else to do it for you, though. That is Perfect why alibi. he is the cerebral assassin. He can make it seem like there was no actual way he could have been involved. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's kind of convenient, I guess, for them. Yeah, the writing is it's crap. It's hokey as fuck that Triple H suddenly did it. But honestly, after it's the what Austin, it should have been in the first after place. the Austin Rikishi match last month, and knowing that Austin and Triple H can have really good matches together, I don't care about the story. I'm fine with them just being in a feud now for the sake of it. It's much better than it was before. So Triple H is a triple heel again as well. We exactly. Point yeah. Big time, worse than before. Yeah. yeah. See, and it's funny because he was such a, a nice guy before this on Raw. They had a little bit with Triple H and Mick Foley. Mm. He's the commissioner still. They're backstage and they're just having a joke. They're oh like, yeah, hey, did they you finally see... got to that point. Yeah, they're like, hey, did you see Kurt when he won the belt? He had a big booger hanging out. It was like, it was like an episode of the Adshare podcast. These two lads having a laugh at someone. <laughs> it was great. And it's like, when Triple H turned you know, evil here, Foley's like, Oh, I thought I was able to, you know, share a laugh with the man who retired me, and now it turns out you're evil, and it's like, oh! I, this, I will say though, whatever about Triple H kind of fitting into Rikishi's role for this Survivor Series or whatever, I am quite sad to see him not be a face anymore. And that yeah. is actually my main kind of damn you Triple H for this. It was very short-lived. Like, yeah. Far too short. There but was it, a lot more money left in that. Uh, awesome. And it'll yeah. be years later that he actually Many, face yeah. again. Yeah, literally like two and a bit years later until that. So we're in Tampa, Florida. People are trying to count the results of the presidential election. Who will it be? George Bush or Al Gore? It's the Radar Pay-Per-View Survivor Series 2000. I was going to say, it looks like um, the uh, Roomba. <laughs> yeah, like something like Robot Wars or something like Seriously. that. Sergeant Bash over here. Definitely. Um, yeah, Radar Pay-Per-View. So lots of, you know, beeps and bloops. Big time. And really, really, really shitty theme music for this one. Yeah, awful. Yeah. I think I might just play Radar Love or something like that instead. Because, you know, this is awful tinny shite. 
Our opening contest here, kicking us off tonight, is TNA and Trish Stratus taking on the Holly Cousins and Steve Blackman. Good golly, Mrs. Molly. Yeah, not the cousins you might think. No, Molly Holly is uh, debuted here in yeah, Nora Greenwald. Yeah, she was previously a part of Team Madness in WCW. Team Madness. Which consisted of large amounts of like women uh, looking confused as Macho Man in a pink furry coat just screamed over and over about oh, no. different kinds of birds or whatever. You know how he does. Like, oh. He gone in his years there in WCW. But it's nice to see her here yeah. in WWF, Molly is probably, in terms of a new hire, probably the most capable wrestler that they've hired possibly ever. Mm. She's right up there with like the likes of Ivory or whatever. She's even more accomplished than, say, Lita would have been at this point. So, really happy to see Molly Holly here. I've never even heard of her. Have you not? Really? I've never heard of Molly Holly. So, you were Smackdown back in the day and uh, she would have been gone... I think from being on both shows. She left around 2005. She stuck around for a bit, yeah. She did. She was kind of... There was a wave of like amazing female wrestlers who kind of disappeared around the time of all the Diva Search stuff. Mm. You know, your Gail Kims, your Molly Hollies, your Jazzes, your women who can actually wrestle. The athletes. You know. See ya, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Molly Holly is awesome. And I love the idea of there being another Holly cousin. I love that when yeah. they keep extending wrestling families by bringing in new characters. It's something that will happen again still, I think. Yeah, the it does. Yeah, yeah. So it's really cool. Bob Holly, of course, uh, will be returning from his injury later on tonight. It's nice to see Molly, Molly Holly. Yeah. That worked really, really well. JR brings up 1997 for no fucking reason. It's just Survivor Series. He's done it every year. Well, King, we the to-do list of things you have to do when you get to Survivor Series, I guess, so... Well, it's like fucking TNA are in the ring looking kind of tough, and Jim Ross is like, do you remember Bret Hart in Montreal? The fuck has it got to do with anything? <laughs> Survivor Series, mate. That's what. <laughs> and, and even Jerry Lawler is like, yep, Bret screwed Bret. Alright, I guess. Yeah. You know? Big, big pop for Steve Blackman coming out. Huge ovation. I think we mentioned last, you know, at Survivor, at No Mercy, we're kind of like, they've dropped the ball with him. But mm. you can't deny... That he's definitely over. Still, over. Still yeah. over as hell. So, our new gimmick for Trish, Test, and Albert is that they are. <laughs> APA had to go on a little bit of a sabbatical. You know, they were hurt. Mm. And they left Crash in charge of the office. Gave him the keys to the to the door. Of all the people. Of all the yeah, people. That kid. Give it to fucking Blackman or someone. And Crash basically was not able to stop the dragons from the castle. And as a result, Trish, Albert, and Tess just took over the office and became T and APA. Fuck's sake. It's clever, isn't it? There was one really amazing segment with this where they're like in the office trying to figure out how they're going to brand it. And like Trish is like wants to put like, you know, like nice flowers out and candy in a bowl. Because girls, yeah? Oh, bloody girls! Trying to ruin it. And uh, yeah, they try to come up with a name and they're like, 
T-A-P-A, or like testing Albert and A or whatever, and then Albert's like, no, 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 and he gets like a big pen and paper, he's like, T-A-Q-L-P-A-T-N-A-P-A. <laughs> what is wrong with them? <laughs> I'm going to say right now, call the ringside doctor, that man's not well. <laughs> Do not put him in a wrestling match. Big versus little action to start us off with Crash and Albert. These guys locked up at King of the Ring. I love seeing, you know, yeah. big and small. You know, they, they were in the opening rounds of that one. Trish Stratus runs from Molly Holly when tagged. It's a nice way to put over Molly as being, like, a really accomplished wrestler. They just had her basically beat up Trish. Mm. Like, every given opportunity. <laughs> Serious tin foil pants on Andrew Test Martin. Yeah, the state of him. They're not, I mean, first of all, if you're a heel, you shouldn't be wearing bright, sparkly colours, right? No, well, black, really. right? And also, is what literally looks like someone's just gotten his legs and covered them in tinfoil. Yeah, he just—he's always looked ridiculous. Has Test ever looked great since we've started? I'm this sure my cousin, whose favourite wrestler was Test in the nineties, <laughs> would have a off. thing or two to say about that. Test is no one's favourite. <laughs> we get—we get a great sign just behind Jerry. It just says, I paid $350 to see X-Pac, but it's upside down. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. And it's just the most perfect X-Pac sign. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's like the one of the time there was an X-Pac sign and there was like the biggest douche in the universe holding it. Some fat lad in a Hawaiian shirt that was open going, woo, it's like X-Pac. <laughs> I, I think they're trying to prove a point here almost. Huge double team maneuver from uh, TNA to Crash. TNA are, you know what, individually, I don't think neither guy is that impressive. Ooh. But together, I mean... They're all right, aren't they? They're, they're, they're an all right team. team. Good. I mean, you, you want a team like that in your roster, don't you? You want like big henchmen who kind of are probably over by association because the crowd love Trish so much. Yeah. But like, yeah, they're, you miss having stuff like that on your on your roster. Like, they can fill any role, really. You know. Well, it clearly works because tag teams come and go, but these guys have been around for quite a while now. It's like they? just before WrestleMania. Yeah, so they've had a pretty decent tenure so far. Yeah, pretty much. Because then they're just like two lads who are thrown together. They've kind of made the best of it. Because then they never get the titles. But fortunately for Albert, he'll be moving on to bigger and better factions. Soon oh enough. yeah, I know. I know you hate to talk about that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you gotta do me like that as long as I'm saying. <laughs> Such mist during this match. Mist everywhere. Is that the pyro from the start of the show or something? It's either the pyro or Rob Van Dam was negotiating the contract. <laughs> I'm not sure which, but there is a fucking heavy fog that sets. Like, I don't really understand it. It's No one has fireworks that came out. No, I think it might have just been the start of show uh, pyro. Slowly settling. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's just um, evaporating, you know, like sweat from the audience. Just hanging out, hang, hanging in the wind. Well, we are in Tampa, so it is humid. Like, it's very warm in there. Molly Holly gets tagged in and finally gets her hands on Trish, and she beats the bejesus out of her. Triple team to Molly, however, as Trish gets into the corner and Test and Albert help beat her down. Albert teases press slamming Molly Holly. Yeah. <laughs> what what, seriously? Well, he, they've done this before with, with TNA, like going after Lisa. Yeah. I guess that because they're associated with Trish, there's always going to be this inevitable intergender stuff. But Molly manages to reverse it and does a crossbody on Albert, which was awesome. And Trish, even though she can still probably tie her shoelaces in terms of wrestling, does do some new moves. Mm. Top rope bulldog, corner choke, all that kind of stuff. That's like that's good, because like when she literally debuted along with TNA, she couldn't even hold a microphone the right way up. Got serious progression yeah. with Trish Stratton. And she really like it's like a year from now she wins the women's title for the first time. And it's even nicer to see that there was kind of like... It wasn't if she took off like six months and came back and she knew how to wrestle. Yeah. She was always there. She was always there and always learning. Learning a little bit more, which is really awesome. 
Molly, however, as Trish is going for another one of her new innovative maneuvers, gets a big time sunset flip off the top rope, and Molly gets the one, two, three. Team Black Holly wins. Mm. Pretty quick match. Didn't get to see much from the guys. It was really more about getting Molly over. Yeah. And that was great. The crowd loved it. They added up. I don't think Jerry was grabbing the right end of the stick by going, well, Molly's been poured into that top. Yeah. Molly was never meant to be, like, she's the girl next door. She's She's not meant to be that. Like, Jerry, for his fucking troubles, tries his hardest anyway. What do you guys think of this one? It was all right. It was a good opener. It was good. Yeah, I don't know if I'd put it as the opener. It it wasn't the best, Mm. but it was still a decent enough match. We had some good action in it, and it didn't stay too long, so. Yeah, I mean, I think that... I, I like to think that with these six people, they could have had a, you know something like the fully loaded intergender match. Yeah. yeah. Give it enough time because the people in there are pretty awesome. Backstage, Edge and Christian chat with the new WWF champion, Kurt Angle. Edge, hey, Christian, how are my favorite Canadians hey, doing today? What's up, Kurt? Let's go. Hey, it's not too hot down here for you, is it? <laughs> anyway, I want to ask you guys a question. Kurt, Kurt, hold on a second. I think uh, I know what you're going to ask us, and go ahead, I'll match Well, Kurt. We'd love to help you tonight in your match against The Undertaker, but, but see, our match is right after, and plus, I think Christian's coming down with something again. Oh. Dude, I think I ate some bad chili. I came down with mono. Oh, tragic, That's dude. serious. Oh. You guys with your crazy antics, not necessary. I own The Undertaker. It'll be no sweat. I just want to know, after I win my match, and you guys win yours, if you wanted to go out somewhere and celebrate. <laughs> what do you guys drink, Molson's? Well, they have that in a non-alcoholic drink, right? Click. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. It. Well, you guys have a great match, and I'll see you guys later. Uh, party on. Good luck, Kurt. Edge and Christian refuse to help him with Taker. <laughs> what friends? Friends <laughs> to the end. Tainted my friends. Uh, after he's offered um, offered to take them out for a non-alcoholic beverage as yeah. well. Yeah. What a fucking dork. I just love that they all make excuses to try and get out of wrestling in their own <laughs> matches, but now they're making excuses to not help Kurt in his matches as well now. It's nearly always food poisoning as well. Yeah. well this that's, time, that's their go-to. This time, actually, Christian thinks it might be mono that he has. <laughs> <laughs> for fuck's sake, like. Kurt claims that he owns The Undertaker and this whole feud between these two Undertaker challenging for the WEDF championship tonight is that Kurt is just perplexingly confident surprisingly confident compare this to when these two faced off fully loaded where the man was running away you know for that dull crap ass boy The Undertaker now what I took this to mean at this point is that Kurt is like so arrogant and the championship's gone so to his head now that he does genuinely believe that he's going to kill The Undertaker I like that yeah. you know, there's and that's some, hilarious there's some new ripples to Kurt's character we'll get into later but yeah he says he doesn't need Edge and Christian and after this they're all going to go out for some frosty chocolate milkshakes backstage lowdown and oh no Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. No! Oh, God. Tiger Ali Singh. We got to show you this. What an embarrassing moment. Earlier day for Lowdown and Tiger Ali Singh. Ali Singh. A-L-I hyphen S-I-N-G-H. The H is silent, you know. As I told you, gentlemen, the name's not on the list. You can't go backstage and not look around. This is absurd. Will you just do something right and check under lowdown? Excuse me, Mr. Renikop. Don't you recognize who the hell we are? Do you have any kind of credentials? Credentials! <laughs> credentials. This is unbelievable. This is the most talented tag team in the WWF. 
And we're not going to stand here while some minimum wage nobody like you tells me security what to do. We need all security at the main gate. Security at the main gate. Security, security at the main gate. There's always no respect. This is out of control. Adam's favorite wrestler. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you think he should be driving a taxi cab, huh? Yeah. huh? You British, bet you hate him trying to get into the arena. They've obviously want to bury Tiger Alex Singh, who's made his return after a very conspicuous absence. They probably found him after they left him behind the capital carnage. Yeah. Yeah. He did attempt to sue the company um, because of you know racial sensitivity really? and bullying and stuff like that. Wow. Didn't go over so hot, like you know he had nuclear heat in the locker room. And yeah, Tiger Alex Singh has been paired with another two lads who seem to can't get a break, which is Lowdown, D'Lo Brown and Chaz. Whatever about D'Lo Brown, guilty by association with Russo, some are saying. Mm. But what the fuck has Chaz done? Yeah, why him? It's I don't get it. No. The three of them are just standing out there going, can we get in to do wrestling, please? And like, you're not wrestlers, you're fucking idiots. Yeah, they're in such a bad position, they're not even allowed to job anymore. They're yeah. not even allowed that. They can't even get in the building. Can't get in the arena. That is so, so, so sad. That's how you bury someone right there. Coming up next is Survivor Series action as the newly reformed Radicals. The band is yes! back. This is great. The Radicals coming back together, you know, after going their separate ways, as now is a much stronger unit with more all four guys much more over than they were previously. Mm. It's awesome. And they're taking on the super team of Billy Gunn, China, Road Dog, and K Quick. The Rowdy Boys. Right, we actually managed to keep this secret from Billy until he watched it, but Billy didn't know that our truth was in the yeah. Attitude Era yeah. as the rookie, K. Quick. I, I wasn't aware that he'd been around that long. You I wouldn't know. think it, would you? Because I know he, he didn't spend the whole time in WWE. Yeah. He went to TNA briefly, I know. It's funny, isn't it? He's kind of... He managed to, I don't know, like leave the company on bad enough terms and then like spend years in obscurity then come back to the company. They've never acknowledged that you know he was here before. No. It's not as if they've ever made any deal with it. But his whole gimmick was that he was just, hey, he's the rookie. He's the rookie. He had a bad time of it. Yeah, in his I'm own, not surprised. In his own words, right? These are his words, right? This is from a Ron Killen's shoot interview that he did. But he said that when he came there... He was paired with Road Dog because Jim Ross essentially told him that like a black person can't, you know, go around on their own or be make it on their own in this business. And Whoa. he told him in no uncertain terms that apparently it was a white man's game. Jesus. Christ. Now I know Our Truth was very anti WWE for many, many, many years. Seriously. Like angry anti WWE. And that obviously was I mean yeah, I, whatever it is that Jim Ross is saying, but I'm pretty sure that if you're saying it to you know to or truth, and there's a fucking John Wayne cut out behind you, everything yeah. you're going to be saying is going to be taken the wrong way. Yeah. But that's like, that's apparently a fucking hell. That's awful. Yeah. It's really fucking awful. Christ. So not a good time of it. And of all no. the people to be paired up with, if you're a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed rookie. You only paired up with the fucking road dog, Jesse James. Who's so over that he's going to immediately overshadow you no matter what you do. He's quite over, but he's also not in a very good way at the moment. I don't know if you can tell, but road dog, who looks like a denim pineapple at the moment, (laughs) ain't doing so hot. Uh, Around this time was the infamous Detroit Rock City fuck-up with road dog, where he showed up at a show, grabbed a microphone, clearly inebriated, went, 
Detroit Rock City. Welcome to the doghouse. They were in fucking Florida or some oh, shit. Like, Jesus. like wrong state even. Oh, Which man. Or Truth would go on to do later in his career. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, I don't know why, but you know, there's all the stories about Road Dog which we've told, and I get him a bit confused and mixed up. And we're talking about this period where Road Dog is kind of in a bad way and on his out. I always mix up that story with when he got sick from getting the stink face. Yeah. Uh. So when I was telling a story in my mind, it was him going, Detroit Rock City, <laughs> and sick everywhere. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, our truth also, now you probably realise, Billy, that he's made an entire career out of that entrance. Yeah, like, I mean, a whole career. Can we talk about the entrance for a little second? Yeah. Adam referred to them as the Rowdy Boys. Folks, uh, it's time to, to get rowdy. Um, Adam, you and Billy, you've got the lyrics here. If you want to take people through these ones. Yeah, do you want to do the, the actual K quick lyrics and I'll just do the bits in brackets there, Billy? Okay, getting rowdy. Haha, <laughs> rowdy. Rowdy, we're getting rowdy. Get rowdy on your ass. About to move some things rowdy. Getting rowdy, yeah. So many damn styles get top stuff in the mix. I got them yelling, get rowdy, K quick. Getting rowdy. I'ma move some things they wanna see me. But <laughs> move and shake it ass, Jadalang. I got your flesh crawling when you see me. Ladies wanna feel it with me. Knuckleheads wanna try and be me. I get down like so easy. I get greasy, low down, dirty, ass sleazy. Tease me, I be the rash, have your ass. Hollering, suffering, suffering suck Oh my god, Roman Reigns! <laughs> damn right, K quick, getting rowdy. Getting, getting rowdy. rowdy, rowdy. Yeah, get rowdy. We're getting rowdy. Get rowdy. Rowdy. Some things rowdy. 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 Right, I was waiting for the next verse. I assume he talks about home invasion and killing yeah, a child. Likely. I just want to say, uh, tease me. I be the rash. Have your ass. That's good. I don't want to be referred to as a rash at any point in my life. That's not a baby face uh, gimmick if there ever was one. Right, we'll talk about actually what happens in this match eventually. But we've got more fucking shit to talk about. There's another one, yeah. Yeah. So, we know Badass Billy Gunn came back at the last pay-per-view, Billy, you know. Yeah. And we were we talked a bit about how Billy hadn't changed in anything. You know, he just came back same as, like, literally carbon copy of when he went off in No Way Out 2000. So, you got to move along with the times, evolve mm. the character and all that. And obviously, being called Mr. Ass in the era of, you know, trying to move the dial back a little bit, not so good. Lost a match to right to censor, which meant that he can no longer use the name... Badass Billy Gunn or Mr. Ass. Stevie Richards now owns the copyright. Uh. And now he's known as the one Billy Gunn. Yeah. Or Badass Billy Piss, as I called him. Like, yeah. <laughs> the one, you know, Piss Billy Gunn, you know. You might as well call him a man. A man. A man, Billy Gunn. I distinctly remember thinking as a child, because The Matrix had just come out around this time, and I remember seeing it. I remember thinking about because it, it was all like, everyone was talking about, you know, the one. Yeah. You know, yeah. The one. I can't help but think that this name came from the fact that the one was a popular phrase because of the Matrix around this time, and they thought Billy Gunn could get over using the well, same the, thing. The, uh, the the similarities between Keanu Reeves and Billy Gunn, like, yeah. striking, the striking, the charisma on both from the charisma them. alone, the yeah. stick work from both of those men. Like you know, after Neo won King of the Ring, he was like, eh, you know, it was uh, really fucking awful. <laughs> so yeah, the one Billy Gunn who's got his shitty one Billy Gunn music. I got it all. It's like a B-side so track. Rubbish. It's like a B-side track from Back to the Future or something like that. Like, Huey Lewis and the News shit this one out for him, folks. Nice to see the Radicals back together, though. Yes, very, definitely. Very, very, very nice to see the Radicals at the time. China, however, if we are to move our, you know, the needle in the timeline to this very grey period, we can pretty much surmise around this point was when she was being cheated on mm. by Triple H. Which is pretty shitty for her. Yeah. And it's obviously a difficult situation. She's in Playboy. She's got to be, you know, very much featured at the moment, a big part of the show. But you know that there's 
machinations show to speak this is so like Game of fucking Thrones yeah all the politics so like Game of Thrones here Uh, so yeah China I do feel bad for China because when you look at you know China we're 2015 and you know I always it's nice now with you know the likes of Scott Hall and Jake that you can kind of go alright I'm going to hold you know and say this because they could turn their life around but yeah. China's not in a good way at the moment no. so when you, you kind of go back here and you think oh she had you know, the world was in the palm of her hands and a little shitty thing happened with someone you know cheating on her or whatever and, and literally thing. ruined her life yeah. you know it's, it's kind of shitty Reformed Radicals, I am so fucking into this. All of these guys are over now. Happy to see Dean Malenko back. Yes. Benoit has just given these guys immediate... All three guys get immediate credibility just because yeah. of association mm. with Benoit. Here's a guy who was like challenging for the belt and making Rock and Triple H tap out. I love the uniformity in their uh, colour. The yes. black and yellow. It's yeah. awesome. It's great. They look like big bumblebee men. And when they're, <laughs> <laughs> when they're coming out, Jim Ross is like kind of, you know, oh, the colourful characters on the first team. Like, look at these guys. Oh, business. You know, <laughs> I love it. Brilliant. And the gold and the radicals as well, you know. Yeah. Like heavyweight belts. Got the Intercontinental Championship there. They're a serious super group now. Definitely. They're much better than the first run. And when these guys just came out walking to the ring, just from their reaction, the swagger alone, I'm like, this has got to be one of the most one-sided Survivor Series matches yeah. ever. I don't like the one Billy Gunn's chances here, you know? Maybe he'll piss on them. Perry Sarton starts us off, and he is fierce fucking grunty. Yeah, he is a grunty man. I'll say, actually, we get our first grunt of the night in this match. Is this the grunt of the night, or no, no, a, a grunt? This is the runner-up okay. the grunt of the night. Uh, it's when Perry whips Billy Gunn into the ropes, uh, sorry, into the corner and makes a proper <laughs> noise that goes with it. 270 pounds. Perry Saturn, what I noticed when he was in the ring at the start, him and Dean with China. You notice when China was in matches before, particularly multi-man matches, even if you look back at WrestleMania, when she was in the ring, there was a lot more kind of, right, the match has to stop its pace and do the China bit yes. now and then go back to the reg, you know. But it actually like, flows together nicely now. She blends in with the rest of them. Particularly when we get a handspring elbow reversal by Perry Saturn where he like, grabs her mid-air. That was yeah. fucking awesome. All eight people go into the ring and brawl. Eddie Guerrero, however, manages to get the belt on China while this fracas is happening. And Perry gets the pin. China is the first one eliminated. Is this symbolic? I got slightly uh, distracted during this moment because I noticed on the hard camera there is a guy wearing a paper mache Cartman head. Oh my God. It looks like Frank Sybottom. Oh my God. That's so weird. I was quite sad that Eddie didn't continue his motif and have the flowers covering up the belt when he went for the title. A giant bouquet, like (laughs) a wreath. Just because that makes as much sense as putting him over a pipe. Rodog gets tied in and he looks genuinely scary. Like hillbilly meth dealer. Yeah. You know, it's I don't go away. Go. No. Awful. Uh, shake, rattle and roll. But he gets a drop kick into the knee as he's like trying to do the last little bit. And just kind of stuff like that. It just makes me kind of go, uh, you know, yeah. not, you know, that the old mid card is being dismantled by the new mid card. Your shit you doesn't know? work anymore. Eddie Guerrero and Dean work over Rodog's knee. And he's basically been battered non-stop. Gets his one move out here, which is a big-time superplex. And in a nod to the past, Denim Road Dog makes the hot tag to the one Billy Gunn, who misses his dive and gets mauled by all four men. Something ain't just right here anymore, Uh. folks. Again, stuff like that is just making like the big hot tag, and they just like it doesn't work. 
Yeah. It makes the radicals seem like these guys are just better. It is, yeah. It's really like that all of their old tricks and everything that used to work in the past aren't going to work on these guys because they're the new generation yeah, of wrestlers Yeah, it's the old now. guard being taken out. Yeah, it's really kind of like, cool. at this stage, we're going to have to go and get a diggity-diggity-dizumster yeah. <laughs> uh, to sort these dudes out. However, Billy Gunn manages to get this big, powerful comeback and he's on his own. It's really, really awesome. He's the one and only to Eddie Guerrero, which is his... The one and only. The one and only. Ugh. Um, which... It's an original form, it's just like a sleeper takedown. Mm. But then he did turn into this thing where he was like a, a big lifting sleeper slam, which looked awesome. That sounds cool. But yeah, the one and only. It's not as good as the famous serve, I'll give it that. One and only to Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero is then eliminated. K Quick and Dean then get, get, both get tagged in and they have a quick off. Yeah, they have a flip <laughs> off, don't they? It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I will say about K Quick, uh, this probably was one of the reasons why he never appeared much on pay per view. His jingly trousers are fierce distractions. <laughs> yeah. This man moves around the ring a lot, folks, and his trousers are covered in jingle bells. I'm trying to sit here, watch this match, and make notes. It feels like someone's got my car keys going beside my ear the whole time. I got distracted. Benoit comes in and hits a sick suplex, and K Quick gets eliminated. Goodbye, Nesquik. Goodbye, like Nesquik. fucking hell. <laughs> We're down to now what is essentially the New Age Outlaws. Yeah. yeah. But if you look at both men, it's kind of like, who are these men? They're not the New Age Outlaws. No. And if you ever want to know like how much time has passed, just compare like Survivor Series '99 to 2000. Yeah. Who are these men? Such a difference. Such a difference, you know. But yeah, it's down to the two of these lads, and I'm hoping they're gonna fucking start this and do another fucking you know group hug and rejoin up yeah. together again. Perry Saturn comes in, hits an Northern Lights suplex on Road Dog, who was immediately eliminated. So Billy Gunn then. Take that, like he's yeah. the one. He's the one. Let's give him another push. Three on one, Billy Gunn. <laughs> the combined strength of one man. <laughs> <laughs> Billy gets absolutely mauled. Gets a few hope spots. But out of nowhere, he manages to get the famouser to Dean. And it's a sloppy one as well. Mm, he like kicks him in the back of the head, yeah. essentially. Dean is eliminated. Billy Gunn hits the jackhammer to Perry Saturn. Air Canada, however, to Billy as he's trying to make the pin. But he kicks out. Saturn falls off the apron. Bops Jerry Lawler's Pepsi. <laughs> Fucking my hell. Pepsi. Sam Chapman will be uh, upset with this one. like, And yeah, he manages to hold the foot down of Billy Gunn as Benoit gets a pin. It's a great heel tactic. Great yeah. heel tactic. Radicals win this one. Was there ever any doubt? I'm glad they did cheat at the end to win because the trouble is these guys are so good that they need to make sure they do heel tactics otherwise it's just they're going to be too cool to actually be heels anymore yeah like they're so talented and skilled that they need to cheat if anything just to prove that they are baddies this is great folks I don't think you're ever going to have something as satisfying as this ever where you've got like who were at the time the four biggest hardcore fan darlings mm. taking on four of the biggest Vince McMahon creations yeah. And killing them. And just destroying yeah. them. Like, Glorious. Really, really great. I think I was to boo this as a kid, but as a bitter-ass man, I fucking love this. It was awesome. Really great Survivor Series match. What did you guys yeah, think? Yeah, I really enjoyed Loved it. it. So good. Backstage, Lily meets The Rock, who just ignores her. He's upset. More on that later. Ignorant bastard. Jericho is backstage with Michael Cole. And, uh, yeah, this is one which you've been looking forward to talk about, Adam. Yeah. You want to maybe mention this? Yeah, this is just, uh, I remember this being one of my favourite pairings as a kid, uh, Chris Jericho versus Kane. I'm just, I don't know why, but this feud sticks out particularly strongly in my memory. Probably because at the next pay-per-view they have an, an absolute barn burner of a match, which is brilliant. But just the whole angle leading up to this, I had obviously Big Red Machine that I adored as a child, like my favourite guy. Little scrappy Chris Jericho who I also adored and, you know, could be an asshole, could be a cool dude. 
spilled some coffee on yeah, Kane. Yeah, I was going to say. Now that's evening. Coffee, it's coffee. And coffee as it's, well, it's which, coffee. as a grown-ass man I now love. That's great. The coffee gate is what I've enabled this one. Like, I, I know. called it uh, Chris and Kane's Coffee Carnage. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great Carly start to a feud. Seriously, like. <laughs> and the best thing about it is that, you know, Jericho's got his coffee and he bumps into Kane like, sorry, champ. Often <laughs> burn you. Burn yeah. <laughs> You know, the way your, your brother burns. Oh, wait, <laughs> someone beat me to it with your hideous face. You're all burn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's awful mean to Kane because as we all know, Undertaker, you know, when Kane was a child, covered the house in scalding hot coffee and killed his parents. <laughs> and uh, Paul Bear came in and was like, oh no, there's coffee everywhere. But this is one of those feuds where the, the build to it is so stupid that I, I can somehow still ignore it and enjoy it as just a great little rivalry going on. I and agree, you get Kane yeah. doing yeah. promos where he's like, you think this is about coffee? Like, that Kane shouldn't be saying that. I will say there's reason anytime Adam has made me a cup of coffee in the past few years, he will usually say, you think this is about coffee? It is, uh, you know. <laughs> this feud is literally about coffee. The one thing I will say about this before we get into it, because something I should have mentioned after that last match, Benoit goes on to feud with badass Billy Gunn. Sorry, bad one Billy Gunn. Yeah. And he feuds him for a while. And now Jericho is feuding with Kane for a while. And... You know, not to spoil it, folks, but once we get to WrestleMania 17, those lads aren't in the main event. Mm. And I just do feel that Jericho and Benoit both lose their momentum, their main event momentum. Little bit. I mean, obviously, Benoit gained a lot from Stone Cold not being around. Like, there was another space free at the top. I mean, I know Stone Cold's not a heel, but it sort of feels like I think around this time they've already figured out what they're doing for WrestleMania. True, but they have to know that there are guys out the door Mm. and there are guys going out the door. And I just feel that because they eventually do want to push these guys, I think a lot of the enthusiasm might have, you know, left almost. Yeah. But, you know, well, it's, it's still an amazing feud, an amazing match. It's just that I think that, you know, Jericho, he never got that, ele- like, the big, firm elevation. Yeah. And I'm starting to feel that because we're right near the end of the Attitude Era now that he just never really got that, you know? Well, that's true because, I mean, the main event in this one is Austin versus Triple H, not for the title. So they could have, like, put Jericho or Benoit against Angle or something. Yeah, they don't, though. Just yeah. for the sake of a one-month rivalry or something. Just to give, keep these guys push going yeah, a little bit, true. like, you know? Jericho, during this feud as well, not only was there... I mean, I think we're focusing a lot on the coffee... They wish that we were focusing on the fact that Jericho was thrown through a plate glass window. But I'm yeah, all more about the coffee. That's secondary yeah. to the coffee, I yeah, think. Yeah, definitely. And he also got put through an ace table as well. So it's nice yeah. to have a hard-hitting feud for this one. It is Chris Jericho taking on Kane. Why to Jane? JR emphasizes Kane being scarred when he comes out. Yeah. Extra special mention of that. It's because, like, you know, coffee burns, yeah. you know. Scarring. It's just, it's just all that years and years of payoff for it to be revealed that he has no scars. You're like those doctors, Billy. The <laughs> doctors who said I didn't have scars. I had to hurt them. Can we? That's re- that taken yeah. care of. Can we review that one segment? Yes. Time where he burns yes. Jr. Yes, we can. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Kane beats the shit out of Chris Jericho to start this one. It's nice to see Kane in a match where he can just dominate his opponent. Seriously, for a bit. he's long overdue one of these yeah. kind of matches. Jericho nearly kills himself with a dive to the outside early on. He's flying over. He hooked his ankle on the rope. Mm. And Kane, luckily, was there for him. But like the first minute or so, he nearly landed on his head. It was scary. Really, really awkward dropkick to Kane as well. He gets all tangled up in the ropes, yeah. Jericho. And it's like, I'm thinking, whoa, these ads are off to a fucking bad start. Yeah. yeah, really, really bad. 
Kane catches Chris midair and power slams him. And it's great to see, you know, Jericho is someone who, there's been a lot of work, particularly on Jericho's ends, to de-emphasize that he's a smaller gentleman. You mm-hmm. know, he's only like six foot, maybe, whatever, just about. But here, they're kind of going into that. He's taking the big moves. He's flying around. Yeah. He's been slammed about. He is much smaller than Kane. And I think that's really cool to see. These two work pretty well together, actually. You know, I think they work very well together. Once they get that scary few moments. Mm. There's a few botches throughout the match and a couple of moments that don't quite hit where they should, but I think it's a very good pairing. They do the big versus little thing very well together. Definitely. Jim Ross in commentary says that Kane resents normal people. <laughs> I hate you normal people. Hangman spot by Kane who like lifts Jericho by the chin on his back and just pulls him up. Yeah. Great show of strength. Really, really scary looking move. Better than your stupid fucking claw, Kane, that you tried to get uh. over. Yeah. Kane undresses the turnbuckle cover and the two of them brawl outside. And another impressive feat of strength, Kane presses Jericho into the ring. Yeah. You never see him, you know, getting to do stuff like that. That's the thing. I think putting Kane with someone that can sell and move about as well as Chris Jericho has made Kane look like a million dollars in this. Definitely. Really nice spot comes here as Kane is going for his top rope clothesline and Jericho drop kicks him right out of the air. That was fucking spectacular. Kane catches Y2J for what seems like the 23rd time. <laughs> Catch match. <laughs> a really underwhelming walls to Jericho to Kane. And I think one thing about Jericho starting to feud with a lot, you know, other people other than Benoit is that we're starting to find out that the walls of Jericho is not as universally usable as, the as we yeah. maybe thought. Yeah. Seeing him put it on Kane and Big Show is like seeing a man trying to assemble Ikea furniture without an, an Alan King. <laughs> yeah. Just there fucking calling over, don't know what's meant to be happening. They get into a big tangly mess in the ropes and it's kind of awkward. But I do like the fact that it's kind of shown that Kane is just too powerful to actually be uh, put in this submission move. Kane once again catches Y2J mid-line salt and hits the choke slam. Yeah. Uh, really, really cool. Really sick. Kane just wins clean with his finish, which I think has happened once on this yeah. podcast <laughs> before. A little bit of awkwardness at the end there. Kane was nowhere near in the middle of the map before no. line salt. Yeah. So as Jericho jumps, you literally see Kane, like his entire body oh. comes like a foot off the ground and <laughs> leaps over into position. Good jumping bean. What do you think of this one, guys? It was all right. There's a couple of mistakes with it, but... It was it was an alright match. It makes me um, if if Adam says uh, there is a barn burner next month, yeah, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm going to believe him. It's almost a dress rehearsal, which yeah. is a odd thing to say about a big four pay per view, but it is really. This is the setup for next month's one. It was still good. Their chemistry was great, despite the fact they got a few mistakes and a couple of things didn't go quite so well. It's a good pairing. Definitely, yeah. It's nice to see Jericho being thrown around and Kane to be able to throw someone around. Yeah. Backstage, the Radicals with Cherry and Hummus. They're Triple H's dogs and boys now. Yeah. They're kind of all hanging out together. I like that Triple H kind of getting a little bit of the power back, you know. Mm. He's got, you know, he's going to help them out, you know, get get power and, you know, get title shots. It's a, it's, a good pairing. It's brilliant as well that they're like his flavour of the month because Triple H is such a fucking, like, shallow heel. Yeah. He, he doesn't have any loyalty to anyone. He'll just work with the Radicals for the sake of a month or whatever just yeah, to get yeah, some yeah. protection. Then just throw him under the bus when exactly. it comes to the worst. Benoit's just like, they're all just sitting there having a chat and Benoit just has a little bit of a laugh, like, ha ha And Jerry's goes, what the hell so damn funny? <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> Coming up next, European Championship on the line as our boy William Regal takes on Bob fucking Holly, who's making yeah. a return. Yeah. 
when No Mercy came out on the N64 and this music wasn't in it mm. I literally thought the game was ruined oh Kevin. <laughs> I was so upset Bob Holly has been out for a long time a very long time yeah. he lost an arm to her ankle he did a boot <laughs> yeah. salt on it nice to see him back the only damage you can tell is that he's now wearing an elbow pad grand he'll be fine yeah. Regal gets the microphone and runs down the 2000 presidential election Please. now as I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted Rudely. It would be easy for me to come out here and hawk on about the fact that you, my friends, can't do a simple thing like elect a new president. Oh. Well, that's true. We are here in Florida. What do you know about elections? But believe me, that is the least of your worries. When you can't grasp simple ideas such as decent manners and you cannot say please and thank you at the correct times right you just can't grasp and if you were my opponent bob holly coming out here and interrupting and insulting me why i am talking uh -oh. this is so good i mean it's brilliant i mean but it is a bit of a mute point because we all know the votes were counted and recounted and there was a clear winner but we didn't find out who that was because Jeff Jarrett hit the guy in the head with a guitar. Yeah. Now choke on that, presidential slap ass. He <laughs> 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 cuts a promo on elections and manners. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see in his eyes, that's what I love about Regal. You can actually tell that he's trying his best not to die laughing because he's loving so this. Hard, he like, loves being a heel. I love it. It's so funny. And the timing of this to have a pay per view going on while they're counting the votes in Florida was, yeah. was quite funny because. You know, I, I remember there being uh, American students in my school at this time, and it was very fucking tense. <laughs> very tense indeed. Not the kind of climate you want to have a nice little wrestling show on. So yeah. fair fucks to them for going it on anyway. Bob Holly is back. Can't wait. Bob is fucking huge. Yes. And then suddenly I realised that he's being put with Regal. This is going to be a rough as fuck match. Yeah, rough and tumble. Potato Tech Fest is what I call this one. Yeah. They just like rolling around the mat really quick, strong grappling. Like mm. Barber can actually pretty go much go on the mat. Definitely, he usually doesn't opt to. He just chops you on the nipple instead. But yeah. he can do well, it. He's, he's not hardcore wrestling for once. I mean, now he was hardcore. Technical Holly. He was, <laughs> well, I was going to say he was hardcore Holly when he was going after the hardcore belt, but he's against Regal here. So will he become European Holly if he wins this? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the French for how do you like me now? <laughs> and the crowd sort of as soon as this match starts, they just immediately turn off. Yeah. yeah. Straight away, the, the 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 crowd just don't give a shit. Well, they're concerned about the presidential election, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Regal brought it up. You know, Regal's just mentioned it, it's another upset. I think you do have to realise, I suppose, that Regal is still a very new character, and Bob Holly is just back as well. Yeah. And as much as we like the pairing, you know, John Q. Public mightn't have exactly been as excited about this one as we are. JR and King chat Rebellion, which Adam and I will be reviewing soon. Yeah. And uh, they're talking about what they reckon Regal's reaction will be. What do you think? Oh, he'll get booed. You think? I'm, I'm positive he'll get booed at Rebellion. <laughs> I, just because he's... Like, I remember as a kid, I fucking hated William Regal. I despised him. Yeah. If anything, it was like because he gives us English a bad name. I thought he'd come out and be like, You English! <laughs> <laughs> Regal with some very, very harsh offense on Bob's yeah. hurt arm. He waves loads... Which I love. You do like a really mean, horrible move and then like start waving. A polite little wave. Polite little wave, which is no better than the fact that Jerry goes, Hello! Every time. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> Every time he does it. 
He ties up Bob Holly in the ropes and just starts teeing off with these stiff left hands. Bob just gets frustrated, grabs the European belt, and hits Regal in the face. Beats him up. He's still an idiot. DQ he, he's finish. not changed. He's still a fucking moron. I have forgotten about you, picture. <laughs> not a good outing from uh, Bob Holly here. Definitely no. not. Why does he keep DQing the himself? Big, the big comeback and he just DQ'd himself. Moron. He basically came out, got beaten up, and then just hit the, his opponent with a title belt. So his gimmick is he gives up, basically. His gimmick should be that he's a heel, by all accounts. Because, yeah, like, really. Regal just out-wrestled him and he got frustrated and hit him. Awful finish. Mm-hmm. And of course, the crowd didn't necessarily come alive for that either. No. So, yeah, a bit of a miss this match. It was just there to fill up time and get guys on the card, I guess. <laughs> Bob Holly is leaving the ring. Like, with that kind of, who's the real winner? It is Willie Regal, by the way. Well, look, on his, look on his face. And Jerry calls him an embarrassment to the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> and Willie Regal, he's walking off, he's been hit in the face, and he's got that... I don't know what it is. When Regal like, had the kind of I've been hit, ow, look mm. on his face, it looked like a bulldog licking piss off a nettle or something. Like, really, like, yeah. I think what it is is because Regal's one of those heels that always does, like, polite facial expressions when he's yeah. doing a promo. He always tries and acts like a nice guy, even though he's not. And then the second he loses or gets attacked or whatever, he's, like, snarling and, like, hunched <laughs> over, like, goblin. Yeah, he's got this other form of Regal, which is great. <laughs> Backstage, Kurt Angle ignores Trish's advances and requests to be her, his new manager. Stephanie is no longer Kurt's manager. Yeah. Stephanie is not here tonight. And I was not going to lie, I, I watched the Raws and I couldn't for the life of me figure out, where did Stephanie go? And before we were recording today, I was like desperately searching online going, what happened to Stephanie? Like, is she injured? Did she get written off? Literally what happened was on Raw two weeks before this, there was a segment with Angle, Austin, and Stephanie, and Vince, and Austin beat up Angle and Vince, and then Vince is like, right, we're getting out of here, and just Stephanie comes with, and Stephanie's like, oh, but I don't want to, and Vince's like, no, no, it's, it's better we go. That's it! So what, you just took her home? They just ended, yeah, they took her home, they just ended the Angle and Stephanie. Fucking hell. And actually, when you think about it... This goes all the way to, like, we remember at SummerSlam, we were like, oh, this one has been brewing for ages. Yeah. Going back to, like, fucking 1999, December and Royal Rumble 2000, with Stephanie having a little crush on Kurt when she was booking matches. Mm. They've been running this feud for nearly a whole year, the whole development between them. And then, you know, Triple H and Stephanie finally coming to blows over Kurt's and interest. Yeah. And now, like, a really interesting last month with Stephanie... Being Kurt's manager, helping him win. I know it's just that's it. That's the that's it's over now. Shame. It's that's a really damp way of ending. Underwhelming, it. I think. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I know the last show we were talking about Stephanie being involved too much. I'm not saying get rid of the character. I think it's just the fact that she was involved in the outcome of nearly every single main event match. Yeah, multiple times. Really yeah. was her interference. So this just seems like you know we got our wish, but to an extreme. And I yeah. think I don't know. I miss having Stephanie on the on on the show here. And Kurt, you know, he's over. But I think. Kurt and Stephanie was the pairing I think yeah it was a good pairing yeah, and I think sure. that if you're starting off a title yeah. reign to lose your big manager straight away is not very good as Kurt ignores Trish Jim Ross just goes good gosh I've been getting a hotel key around now alright turn oh. into Jerry seriously. seriously they're swapping roles don't like this coming up next I bet you forgot about these lads. The two men who, by virtue of Triple H's new reveal, have absolutely nothing to do with it anymore. <laughs> no. It's The Rock 
And Rikishi. Yes, do you remember when Rikishi did it for The Rock only to throw Triple H and Austin off the scent? What's That's this? not good enough reason. No, it, this has got so muddy now that I can't even keep track of why these guys want to fight each other now. Rikishi, see how easily you lie. One cold November night of last year. this which is he tried to do a drive-by sledgehammer attack <laughs> like the rock was standing and rikishi came by one in the car and did a little swing mm. that was it really not really a feud is it i mean they, what's annoying is that these two are guys who i'd like to see face off but it's just the circumstances in which they've arrived at this point rock is pissed at rikishi because rikishi did it for the rock and well, he didn't. But he didn't. He, did, he didn't anyway, no. So now Rock is kind of pissed off that Rikishi implied that he was doing it for The Rock when he was... Rock's not doing it for Austin, folks. It's just confusing. These two are going to fight now, I guess. You know? Rock really, though, does a good job of putting over that he wants to beat the fuck out of Rikishi. He brings a lot of emotion to the he match, He brings a fire to this match that yeah. the feud doesn't even deserve. It, it doesn't qualify to have this level of intensity, but The Rock brings it anyway. I'm not going to start with, like, when I'm going to lie. When this match started, I was there with my arms folded going... Mm. All right then, go on, wrestle. When the rock's music hits, he belts it to the ring. Yeah, that's what you like that. to say with a feud like this. It's when guys run out. Yeah, yeah. fucking awesome. 
400 pounds Samoan drop hot start to this one yeah. Rock goes for a chair straight away the referee is like you have to stop now please please <laughs> the rash has to happen Rock's got internal injuries he had been like Rikishi and uh, given the bonsai drop a few times before this mm. so like Rock is trying to end it quick basically and straight away he's like wow Rock has internal injuries he's all fired up this has got a great little story to tell. Shame about the feud being fucking awful. An amazing pace as well, considering the size of Rikishi's arse. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fast man. Very fast. Very, very fast. There's a guy in the crowd. They go out to brawl, right? And you were telling me the other day, but you think, oh, the, the signs in general. I think we can agree the signs in general have been... They've calmed down. Yeah. Calmed down considerably. Definitely. You know, we don't have to see... We don't see as many lewd or gross signs as we used to. But there was a man in the front row who has... You remember Taz had his sign that says Taz with an arrow pointing at him? Yeah. Yeah, someone had that sign that said pedophile instead. Ah, Pedophile. Pointing at themselves. At themselves. At themselves. Maybe that was Paget, the Judgment oh. Day pedophile. Oh my God. <laughs> judgment Day pedophile. I like the way we're tying up all the loose ends now we're getting towards <laughs> the Unsolved mysteries. Fucking hell. Why would you bring that sign? Why would you want that? I'll just tell you, mate, right? Your mother's ashamed of you. Big time. Yeah. Wherever you are, 15 years after the fact, she's ashamed of you. How do you feel about that? Not pretty big, I guess. <laughs> Rikishi's got the hammer and he dings the pole. Fucking hilarious. But he comes into the ring and immediately gets a rock bottom with a big kick out. The rock fucking bounces like two feet off of that rock bottom. Yeah. He kills himself. It's because of the internal injuries that he can't capitalise. And it's great because Rikishi is getting a little something this one. And you are getting to see that kind of mean side of Rikishi. Oh, yeah. You definitely. Know, he's a big bully, like using that weight to his advantage. He's hurt the rock and he's going to hurt him more. Rikishi just sits on the rock. Yeah. And it's like, you know, The Rock is so busted up and Rikishi's been beaten up and he's just like, eh, you know, I love that. It's like what the commentary, fat bully would do in school, like, when yeah. he's out of things to do, just sit on you. But it's squeamish because the commentary are putting over The Rock's internal injuries, so you do actually think that his organs are going to pop or something, yeah. he's going to die. <laughs> think a lung's going to come out. <laughs> like, Ugh. And then, I don't know how I felt about this one. Rikishi, bad man, bad rules, bad jewels, making my own rules. How do you feel about him doing the stink face to The Rock? I did not like it at all. I didn't. It's, it's no. weird. It's weird, yeah. Particularly because like, he did the big smiley face and the big raise the roof taunt yeah. and all that, you know. Very I strange. think if they're going to go completely the opposite direction of the old Rikishi and make him a full-on heel now... Should he, rub he, his he, dick in his face or something. He, <laughs> 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 no, no, no. He needs to decide. If he wants to do it, he should just like shoot his child. Like, <laughs> put a gun in his mouth. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because it's The Rock. I don't like seeing The Rock get a big... I didn't like seeing it. Yeah, no. for me, I was kind of... It, I was like boo but then that became ooh very quickly thereafter yeah. he goes proper in there don't he yeah, yeah. no it wasn't good huge clothesline by The Rock though right afterwards Rikishi can sell a clothesline he can that spin unbelievable so Rock goes for the people's elbow he's got his big ass injuries but Rikishi has a body spasm when he gets it yeah it's yeah. like boom people's elbow it's like <laughs> <laughs> amazing he's paralysed the man there's a big delay with the cover as The Rock has got the internal injuries, but he still gets the three counts. An odd finish in that sense, in that it was like, people's elbow! Come on, Rock. Crowd goes quiet. One, two, three. Hey, yeah. you know. You shouldn't have a long delay like that if you're going to win. But I will say, we get a big post-match beat and then after is Rikishi, yeah. who hits three bonsai drops, folks. That'll kill him. That's when Rikishi goes off the middle rope and just sits on you with his yeah. big no, arse. I call that the big sit. The big <laughs> sit. The big sit. <laughs> big sit from Big Quiche. He then attacks referees and hits another bonsai drop. Yeah. So four. So I think overall, when you consider you know 
how shitty the feud was really when you think about it logically speaking the feud wasn't there but I really enjoyed this match yeah, the they, they, was... they left better than what they came in definitely, with. definitely. yeah yeah they, they had a great match in spite of the feud here not because of it I think The Rock won and he looked amazing doing it he got his revenge etc and Rikishi looks like an absolute murderer now yeah. as well it's a shame if you honestly folks if you didn't see last month's pay-per-view you know with the fucking you know make it Rikishi ran over Austin da, da, yeah. da, and he was the mastermind it was the whole race thing if you just knew that it was Triple H and Rikishi as the accomplices and this was what we went with that'd be fine it would have worked so much better because yeah, Rikishi at the end of this match looks like a fucking tank he looks like a real badass and he's really like fucked up The Rock and they're like The Rock's never going to be the same again yeah. after this one they did a really really good job here we cut to WWF New York with leathery smiley raven he's just he's just standing in a corner by himself looking like he's just dropped ecstasy seriously <laughs> I don't know if that's what they're going for here but he's wearing a bin bag yeah Oh, Raven wasted here. What's he WWF. doing? Really wasted. What I do like as well is that outside WWF New York, there's a giant sign which says, Reading is attitudinal. Because the WWF cookbook had come out. Oh. Now, WWF, I'm going to tell you right now, if you honestly think in your heart of hearts that a fucking cookbook counts as literacy, <laughs> fuck yourselves. <laughs> Reading is attitudinal. Oh, look, where's Wally in TV guides and a crossword collection, you know? It's not real reading, is it? Although I will say, WWF cookbook... Would you like to do a review of that sometime, Adam? Yes, I would. I think oh that might be a bit. Have to, have to make some of the meals. Yeah, I'm not yes. going to lie, folks. I do. I do a bit of cooking here and there. Adam's getting into it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, let's let's, let's have a cook off. I together. think so. Yeah. Yeah. Eat it. We'll take photos and film videos and stuff. That'll be a grand day. All right, we haven't figured out how we're going to do it, but we are going to do it. Yeah, look out for that. Stone Cold arrives at the arena while Triple H and the Radicals eat hummus. They're going to have a nice slow burn of energy for their match. They're fucking really smart here, lads. Foley comes in and bans them all from ringside and informs Triple H that his match tonight with Austin is now no DQ. Yeah. He's I so really calm like about it as well. Like, normally, like if this had happened, like, a couple of months ago, Trip, Triple H would have been going like, ah, oh, come on, mate, you, you, you're pulling my leg or something like that. But he's just like, yeah, that's fine. Again, the I'll quiet confidence. Like I'll Kurt do it, Angle. it's fine. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's refreshing to see Triple yeah. H like that. I yeah. like that. Because it's like, he's been... He had a long time being frustrated and scared and cowardly. And it's like, we're actually getting the Triple H from like late 99 again, who we've not yeah. seen in a yeah. long time. Who's the character you know that he probably really wants to be playing. Coming up next, Women's Championship on the line. As Lisa, who is no longer the champion, is challenging Ivory, making a return to the podcast. Yes. Lots to talk about this one. First of all, Ivory is the champion and she won the title in a Fatal 4 match on SmackDown. And a pretty awesome match. More importantly, though, is that Rivery is now the newest member of the Right to Censor. Ivory's now joined Stevie Richards. Yeah. It was great. Basically, Elite and Trish had a brawn panties match on Raw. Further evidence for my whole kind of, oh, women's wrestling makes a turnaround. It did. <laughs> it did not. It's like all they did was make the women who could wrestle and had feuds and characters take each other's clothes off as well. All right. That's all that happened. Was at the end of this brawn panties match, and like Ivory comes out and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, seriously. And it's funny, because they make her out like she's such a prude, like. Yeah. And Trish and Lee are like, I want to take my clothes off in front of everyone. You're a prude. But basically, Ivory's thing is that, like, you know, 
it works for her character because remember Rumble 2000 she hated being in the bikini yeah. Yeah. anytime she was in any of this stuff she hated doing it this she was forced sense. to do it and she's like I was forced to do all these stu- I had to wrestle in a fucking pool Yeah, I had to wrestle in gravy I had to wrestle in pudding and this is all stuff that actually happened with her so now she's wearing a fucking ankle length skirt yeah you know, she's got a Grunkle Stan cosplay going on here, basically. You've got the bolo tie, the white yeah. shirt. She's just missing a fez. But it's the most cumbersome ring attire in the world. She does move to slacks eventually. But in terms of tape, and she's got the hair done up in this ludicrously tight bun. That's like literally pulling her face off her head. It is one of the best character changes Ever. This is my best of ivories. Brilliant. She's so good here. She's Thank fantastic. you very much for fucking finally putting a female member of the RTC as opposed to having Stevie Richards going, I will hit a woman if yeah. necessary. You know, this is much better. It gets them involved with the female feuds. Having Stevie Richards coming out with ivory and like yeah. trying to like, you know, hook Lita's leg or whatever, it's great. Love it. It's brilliant. Awesome. Lita is incredibly over. Only had a relatively short title reign with the belt. But when she comes out and the match starts, there's immediately a big leisure chance. Yeah, yeah, really, really big. A lot. Really great fiery baby face versus the evil, despicable heel thing going on here. And that's great because you think about it, like compared to earlier in the Attitude Era, you know, when you had like Sable and fucking Tori or whatever, you couldn't even tell them apart. And the, and the only fan reactions there were literally because of their appearance. Whereas yeah. now you're getting actual character reactions that the audience gives a shit about. And WWE are still using those characters for you know. Like, you know, fertilization and sexual ends and means like that's still a big part that's, of it. Yeah, that's definitely going to be there. Like, for that's the you know, that's there for the era, but it's just still nice to see this. You know, the crowd has more reason to actually care about them now. Definitely, and really good physical action from these two as well. Like Al- almost immediately, Ivory punches a hole in Lita. Yeah, yeah, like straight away. Like it's like the second Fucking move. Fucking Brock Lesnar is there, like you yeah. know, the second move of the match, and Lita's completely busted. Stevie's just yeah. there. Suplex repeat. Suplex repeat. <laughs> it was really. Really great I feel bad for Ivory though trying to wrestle in that gear yeah seriously it's a good thing she's on offense because bumping in that shit is just fucking cumbersome as hell but yeah Lita gets hurt bad she gets a hole as you said in the side of her head she gets busted open one of only two or three two times in WWF and only one of three times like full stop I can think of a woman bleeding in wrestling. Yeah, it never happens. Uh, it's not a... No, they made Daphne bleed in TNA once. You fuckers. <laughs> you absolute fuckers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is hard way by the looks of things. It's right on the yeah. side of the the, uh, the eyebrow. I like to think in my heart of hearts that Ivory isn't like kind of, you know... Like give, stiff this bitch. <laughs> Giving her a receipt or whatever. Like. I'm sure it was an accident. Yeah, but um, what annoys me though is that you got this real physical action, good crowd reactions... Lita clearly, like, you know, got the wounds of war right on her. And what are the announcers talking about? Thongs. Yep. The whole Underwear. match. And King even says, look at Ivory. I bet the one thing she's good for, she's no good at. Fuck off. Yeah, seriously, mate. Mate, I was going to say the one thing which you're meant to be paid for, you're not good at. But whatever. <laughs> like. Stevie appears to massive, massive, massive booze. Really great. He gives Ivory kind of... You know, Ivory on her own being a heel wouldn't gotten much of a reaction, I think. But being mm. part of this faction, getting that association, that rub. Big time reaction. Lena dies on both Ivory and Stevie to the outside. It's really, really awesome. Stevie is a great foil for the likes of Lita. He can bump like a champ for her. It's really, really awesome. She goes for the moonsault, but Stevie pulls Ivory out of the ring. And it's awful. There's blood all over Ivory's yeah. shirt. <laughs> really, really gross. Ivory misses a belt shot. 
But Lita goes for the moonsault and Ivory holds up the belt and just smashes Lita. Yeah. Gets the pin. Short but very physical match. Ivory wins and retains the title. I really enjoyed this one. I did yeah. come away kind of a little bit shook. Seeing Lita being dragged to the back like by referees, covered yeah. in blood. I just thought Foley Rumble 1990. I know yeah. it's not the same amount of blows. I'm just saying that the actual visual yeah. of yeah. someone being carried back completely covered she, in she blood. She looks so fucked up yeah. after the match. But I tell you what, talk about like giving Lita more legitimacy. Like yeah. You never see a woman like in wrestling go through that much physical pain and being battered about that much and covered in blood and shit. Definitely so, something like this is the reason why like she's so endearing is that you know that if something like that was to happen that she, she's like can, she's tough enough that she'll she still go, go. yeah this was an, an amazing match you know not to start drawing false equivalences but I don't know if fucking Alicia Fox got busted open hard way by Ivory or whatever or Aksana got yeah. busted open hard way if they were like fucking muscle through and put on yeah. a kick ass match still I don't know just just thinking yeah. it but yeah really really great match I really enjoyed this one backstage Y2J goes off nuts on Kane starts hitting him with a chair la- yeah. smashing him against the wall Bennett's him with some pipes <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> let off some steam Kane and I was hoping he's going to get a giant jug of coffee a big cafeteria like come on baby like pour it all over him coming up next the WEDF Championship is on the line as The Undertaker, the American badass, takes on Kurt Angle, the American hero. It's a rematch from Fully Loaded. Kurt Angle has done more in 11 months here in the WWF than anyone in WWF history. And I capture my first goal by winning the European Championship. I captured the Intercontinental Championship. I not only captured gold, but royalty as well. When I was crowned the 2000 King of the Ring, I topped the most amazing 12 months and became the World Wrestling Federation Champion. And that is true. There's only one American badass. There's only one Undertaker. Although I don't dress like Satan anymore, I'm still down with the devil. The last ride, that's a statement from the Undertaker. And I will go medieval on your ass. Four quarter match to determine the number one contender for the WWF title. The Undertaker tastes it. Jericho could be going for his last. He's gone. He's gone. The Undertaker is the number one contender for the WWF title. Do you know where you're standing? You're in my yard. And I'm the big dog that runs that yard. The last ride, and not even Kurt Angle can survive the Undertaker. Could we be looking at the next WWF champion? I'm the WWF champion. I've had the most successful rookie year in WWF history. I am not going to be anyone's whipping boy. Well, he's nobody's whipping boy, and he's out to prove that. A much more aggressive, mean-spirited side of Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle in a chair, back of the head of the Undertaker. I told you, Kurt Angle's got that mean streak now. Kurt Angle just bit the Undertaker. I am not going to be anyone's whipping boy. You're in my yard. You will become the first casualty of Dead Man Incorporated. The WWF title is on the line at Survivor Series. Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker. So we're entering into year one of the Angle era. Yeah. It's been a year. It's been only a year. Has there ever been anyone who's got up this quick? Um, Lesnar. Lesnar. Lesnar did it in less than a year. He went uh, WrestleMania to SummerSlam. So... Lesnar probably yeah would have been the the next guy. But like Angle also won the Intercontinental and the European. That's it. Lesnar well. was kind of like I mean you go look at Lesnar. Lesnar is a fucking 
he's a specimen, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. You know, you saw him immediately and go, right, that is main event. Not to say that Kurt Angle isn't, you know, got, you know, got good physique or whatever, but it's that he was not like a giant fucking roided monster. Yeah. He's not a beast per se. So in terms of someone coming in at the very, very, very bottom, yeah, and slowly, because you know, European title tagging with fucking Davy Boy, yeah, you know, yeah. wrestling Sean Stasiak, wrestling Gangrel, really like you know, slowly tipping away to, and here we are now. You know, he's the champion, defending yeah. his one year anniversary. I think you know Brock, obviously very impressive. You know where he went, but I think in terms of like proving yourself. Brock was like, you know, was, was pegged for greatness. A lot of people were skeptical about Krangle, I think. Mm. And he's done a fucking amazing job here. Seriously. To think, one year ago, he was wrestling Meat. And now he's wrestling The Undertaker yeah. on the same yeah. show. Good you for know? him. Taker won a fatal four-way to become number one contender for this one. Very, very physical Kurt Angle we're seeing at the moment. He's like, getting more of that wrestling machine I was mentioning in the No Mercy episode. Mm. He's less kind of goofy and cowardly in the ring. He's more kind of, uh, you know, he's more hard-hitting. Michael Cole and Undertaker are backstage, and Undertaker's got a new gimmick. New t-shirt. Yep. Dead Man Incorporated. Yep. Dead Man Inc. Yep. Because he's got ink, because he's Tat Man. Gets those tattoos. Yep. Then we've got Michael Cole. He says to... Obviously, it's an audio podcast, folks, so you won't be able to see what I'm doing. But Taker says, Kurt Angle... Is going to take his last ride. And then he points his two fingers up to the sky, looks up, and just slowly backs away. Like he hovers backwards. Lame. It's like something Edge and Christian would do or something. Yeah. Dork. The CEO of Dead Man Inc. is a dork. <sighs> Kurt Angle comes out and asks the crowd for a moment of silence to reflect on their favorite Kurt Angle moments. <laughs> As I embark on my second year here in the WWF, Starting with a successful title defense tonight, I would like to ask each and every one of you to take a moment of silence to reflect on your favorite Kurt Angle moment from this past year. Let's see, what would that be? Yeah, Zach, how about Chris? Hey, 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 how about a moment of silence? Normally, I would ask each and every one of you to vote on your favorite moment. But seeing as we're here in Florida, a state that I'm embarrassed to represent, well, I don't want you to blow this one too, therefore, I will list them. First came my undefeated streak that captured the heart of the nation. That was a great moment. Yeah. Next came my European title that was so incredible that it... Hey! Absolutely brilliant. And he, of course, he runs them down again. because Yeah, he the, says uh, that he, he would have put it to a vote, but he can't trust, uh, <laughs> can't trust the state to get the votes in. <laughs> brilliant. All right, I need the one now. I'm worried that this is the only thing we're going to talk about in this match. He's the WF Championship. First defensive Kurt Angle, Undertaker. His first shot singles of, of the title since coming back at Judgment mm-hmm. Day. But Undertaker is wearing... Very distracting trousers. Snake oh, trousers. so rubbish. He's Turning back. into test. He's back from Death Valley. 
with a pair of snakeskin pants. Uh. <laughs> Legitimately. He's like the Godfather of WrestleMania 18, if you remember. He's got like the, the the same pants, but Godfather had like a suit jacket for it as well. Kurt Angle gets a chair to start things off. Before the bell rings, he hits Taker in the head with a chair, like just runs over. Yeah. The referee's like, the match time started. Go, go away. Stop it. <laughs> Love it. But even though Kurt gets in the chair shot, he gets dominated by the Undertaker to start things off. And one thing Undertaker does immediately, which I hate, is he beats up Kurt Angle, gets a big flurry of moves, one, two, oh, go school! Yeah. Then he breaks his own pin. Yeah. I hate that. Alright, do that whenever, okay? Do that when you're teaching David Flair respect or whatever. It's a championship title match, mate. And you're the face title clear as well. And you're gonna lose. Spoiler alert, but you will lose. Mm. You will lose. <laughs> he looks like such a fucking dink. Yeah. Dead man dink is what you are here, alright? That is what you are. Kurt gains control, starts hitting German suplexes, which is something I remember at the time going, he's not going to suplex the Undertaker. But he does. He fucking does. The power of Kurt Angle. He starts working the leg as well, you know, taking down Undertaker's vertical base. And again, Kurt is not using his ankle lock yet, but he's starting to develop that kind of I smell blood in the water kind of mentality, yeah. which works really, really well with him. The guys brawl outside... When they get back in, Undertaker manages to get a Fujimura armbar on yeah, Kurt. that was yeah. amazing. Where's that going? Man, he should do UFC. Uh, Fight Phil LeBrook. Just saying, it'd be amazing. Engine Christian come out, despite the fact they said they wouldn't, and they distract the referee who misses Kurt Angle tapping out yeah. to Undertaker's Fujimura armbar, which I only assume he's given some sort of, like, shitty Undertaker pun name, you know? Hang on, um... Cleaning my yard or something like that. Taking my mother out to dinner. The, the, <laughs> the big dog armbar. <laughs> there you go, big dog. It's it's around this point. The uh, I, I'm guessing the director just suddenly stepped out for a second because the camera angles for the rest of this match just go to complete shit. Yeah, what happened? Did Kevin Dunn like fucking eat too much dinner? What happened? <laughs> I think just spilt some coke on the on the on the board. But like, there's a couple of camera angles from this point on from. Um, the whole show Edge, from Edge, if, it's not so great um, for the rest of the show but as soon as Edge and Christian come out it kind of takes an even bigger dive where every time Kurt goes for a punch or for a kick the camera is there the camera moves and you can see he's pulling his punches yeah mm. and again and it, it exposes it the business it does you've got to have your camera angles and if you notice WWE directing. I know everyone hates Kevin Dunn you know but this is the podcast where we're like oh, you should like the guy you hate but Kevin Dunn <laughs> Directing WF television, the camera angles, every single move needs a camera angle change. Mm. It has to be filmed from a certain angle, a certain point. You know, it's a hard job. And if it's not working, you know, it's... Uh, well, I don't know if that's directly on Kevin Dunn's shoulders. I imagine they'll have a separate vision mix that's responsible for... Well, he calls for... the shots. Uh, like, does does he in... do the vision mix? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Jeez. He does it live, like, you know, he's right. just there. He's, he does a bit of everything, uh, does Kevin Dunn. But, yeah, it's... Again, we've always praised the WF production values. I think, particularly when you watch WCW pay-per-views, when you don't have a strong director or whoever mm. or a guy in charge of cameras to keep on top of things. And if you lose that, it yeah. makes the show really difficult to watch. Edge and Christian get beat off by The Undertaker, who then chokes Sam's Kurt Angle, but the referee is distracted. So this is twice now Taker's had the man beat. Yep. Kurt Angle continues to work the leg. He even pops in the figure four grunt lock. This is a very grunty part of the show, Adam. This is our grunt of the night, of course. It's so long and protracted, but Taker's just lying in there, constantly going, ah, ah, 
and then finally, you know, he's trying to turn Kurt over, and when he flips it, you get this fucking big glorious like. <laughs> Here's some potted highlights. So yeah, Taker does manage to reverse the figure four and get the pressure off his leg. He then hits a big running spinny power sign, picks him all up and runs around. It's a big smackdown two move. I loved it. Kurt Angle goes outside though, continues to work the leg on the Undertaker, and does the Bret Hart WrestleMania 13 figure four on the ring post. It's so oh, cool, yeah. isn't it? Really, really, really awesome. He also hits a low blow on the Undertaker, who then attempts a tombstone pile driver, a move we've not seen in a long time. Mm, donkey's years. Fun fact, it was banned at the time. Banned? Yeah, all pile drivers were banned. Do you reckon that's why he didn't do it? Or was it because it was just Angle wouldn't let go of him? So? I think, uh, well, you know, he wasn't doing the tombstone. The reason for the last ride, basically, was because. I never uh, knew. I, th yeah. I just assumed the last ride was because of his gimmick change. I, I never knew there was a tombstone ban. As far as I know, the next time he hit a tombstone, I could be wrong, but the next time he actually hits a tombstone clean, is at the WrestleMania twenty? No, WrestleMania eighteen. Eighteen against Flair. He tombstoned Flair. Right. So it could be there, but I can't think outside of house shows and stuff. Obviously, where he might have done it, but mm. yeah, not seen on TV. So he tends to tombstone, which obviously scares Kurt Angle considerably because he rolls underneath the ring and he's like trying to get out of there, get out of dodge. And Undertaker goes down there, and the two of them end up in Little People's Court. And I have to explain their actions to DJ. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, what happens is Kurt climbs into the ring, Taker comes out, he's got Kurt with him, gives him the last strides. One, two, referee's like, hang on a minute. Wait a second. You know in Futurama where they replace Lilo with that orangutan? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what they do here. Uh, yeah, it's basically a shaved ape wearing Kurt Angle's singlet. Oh, and come the on second, now. the second that Undertaker's like, now hold on a minute, player. That ain't my boy, Kurt Angle. Kurt runs up behind him, rolls him up, one, two, gets three. the tree, yep. gets the sights, one, two, three. Fucking beautiful. Love Hilarious. it. And this is one of my favourite Jim Ross calls of all time. He is incensed that Kurt Angle used the tights. There's Kurt Angle! There's Kurt Angle! What? He's got the tights! He's got the tights! What in the heck? Then who the hell is that? The ring! Of this Kurt Angle is and still World Federation Champion! Kurt Angle! What happened? They're tight! Ah, <laughs> oh, son of a bitch! I mean, Jerry just refuses to believe that that wasn't Kurt inside <laughs> and outside. Despite there being two people. He is room. absolutely he's, he's absolutely positive that both of them are Kurt. <laughs> First of all, this explaining Kurt's ridiculous confidence earlier. Yeah. That's brilliant. I Excellent love that. foreshadowing. Second of all, to use a guy who looks like you in the main event, like the, as your cover. The guy looks amazingly it's like her. So close. Do you to know who her. it is? No. It's his seldom seen brother, Eric Angle. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's actually, actually his brother. brother. Yeah, yeah. he looks just like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Angle, who was actually trained to do wrestling at. at I was going to say he was in good shape himself. Yeah, he was in OVW for a bit. Never, you know, nothing much happened with him. But wow, he was Kurt's brother. Does look shockingly like him. Yeah, and yeah, he uh, had his big moment here that's fucking awesome next night on Raw Kurt Angle comes out he's like just want to thank everyone because the annual Survivor Series screw job went down without a hitch <laughs> that was a little, not a pressure on me to pull this one off you know absolutely brilliant uh, Kurt runs away with the title into a speeding car leaving his fucking brother behind him at the XFL we're looking for cheerleaders ordinary gals from all walks of life women of good character 
united by their devotion to wholesome values, to lift the spirits of every fan in America, to realize the potential. I'm sorry, where was I? The XFL cheerleaders. Don't worry, we'll teach them how to cheer. Oh, coming up next, Billy, you might want to take us through this one. It's a spot for the XFL cheerleaders. Yeah, we, we get our first little advert for the for the XFL. It's um, We just see the cheerleaders in in their changing rooms. Um, I can't actually remember anything he said because it's something vapid. What, because they were so hot? Oh, yeah. No, it's because it was just, it, whatever he was saying just means nothing. Uh, except for the line at the end. Yeah. Which yeah. is particularly offensive. Where, where he just says, like, it's saying about how much they love wrestling and uh, love football and how they're ready to get the fans really excited really? and then the last line of it is we'll teach them how to cheer later fuck right, this is they're a... already burying the product yeah like, do you ever get the feeling the XFL hasn't even kicked off yet and you kind of feel now this is doomed yep like completely doomed it's like Vince wants it to fail almost seriously you know when he's been booked into a corner and he's like fine I'll push this guy or whatever but I'll book it in a way like Rey Mysterio yeah. so I'll set him up to fail it's like he's doing that with the XFL fucking hell there's a lot of money going to be spent on that one folks and I can't wait to review it with you Billy it's going to be fun <laughs> coming up next another Survivor Series match as Edge Christian and the right to censor Take on, this is a fucking dream team. Mm. The Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys. Oh my God. Point out as well, right to censor, picked up the tag team championships on Raw before this. And it's just, I remember being very, very like sad as a child because the right to censor all come out, right? And it's like Stevie and Bull and Godfather and Ivory and they've all got fucking titles. Yeah. And the red flashing lights are going off against the bell. There's a lot of gold in that group yeah. at this yeah. point. Yeah, those baddies. Fucking monsters. Dream team, though. I mean, I don't know Edge and Christian teaming at right to censor if it makes much sense. Very little sense. Very little. I it's suppose. more like heels just associating with heels for the sake of it. Particularly because Stevie isn't wrestling tonight and Val's just standing outside looking angry yeah it, it would have made slightly more sense but anyway Bob Buchanan and Bubba Ray Buchanan beat the fuck out of each other to start this one folks oh my god love Devon's hoot man spot <laughs> I love it he, he'll do a move and then he stops and he points as far away as he can like he's discovered a new land and go hoot man I, I love it <laughs> I think we, he's passed the torch from the boss man's passed the torch to Devon with the who the man. <laughs> I think only one man on the roster at a given time can ask who the man is. And that obviously that guy is the man. You're the man. I think to be the man, you got to guess who the man. You know, as they say. The heels control the action to start things off. But Matt Hardy gets tagged in and clears house. Is Jeff Hardy cold in this one? Big jumper, yeah. He is, like, he comes out, you... <laughs> You said he looked fat. He does look fat. You said it was just a jumper. I said the jumper doesn't cover up his face. And he's got a big old fat face on him today. <laughs> big old fat face. I'd say Jeff usually is like kind of wears a slightly more revealing mesh attire. And he comes yeah. out wearing, he's like a fat kid at the pool, basically. Yeah. Can I wrestle this match in my t shirt, man? You know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's addicted to Krispy Kremes at the moment. Yeah. You know? It is a gateway pastry. Either that, or maybe he's just been to the dentist, so he's still got, you know, the anesthetic, he's got puffy cheeks. But you reckon he's just suffering from big face? Is yeah, that I, think, I think I think I think that's big face. No, <laughs> yeah, it's like in Wario Land too. He's been stung with a bee. He's gonna fly <laughs> up really high. Like, no, Jeff, don't do it. He's a swan tone from really high <laughs> up. All eight men come in and they do this amazing Chikara-like monster DDT, yeah. the quadruple DDT. I love this. Also known the DDT. 
D to the power of 16T. Like, <laughs> I like it. Very, very good. The Hardy Boys take off their tops to reveal Dudley Boys camo underneath. I yeah. really like that. Fucking mocked out. Mocked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wonder who flipped the coins. Like, right. Either you guys put on Dudley shirts. Oh, God. I'm glad it was this way around. Bubba Ray wearing a fucking, you know, the Marilyn Manson t shirt. <laughs> purple and green team extreme shirts. Oh, jeez. Oh, that would have been shirts. hilarious. Yeah. Unbelievable. And it's funny because all four guys are there. They're all wearing their camo for yeah. a moment and then JR as kind of an odd way to sum this up just goes the boys are a team yeah yeah Hardy well, boys Hardy boys Dudley, Dudley boys. boys yeah I guess team boy Val Venus bops Matt Hardy as he's going off the top rope which Edge hits his newfangled manoeuvre which Jerry's only too happy to tell us is called the Edgematic Edgematic JR just goes yeah I get it remind me to laugh tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> Matt Hardy gets eliminated and then Devon almost immediately gets the unprettier yeah, Devon yeah. is eliminated and we're down to Bubba Ray Dudley and Jeff aka the popular ones yes. pretty much <laughs> we get a sign which says Bull Buchanan is my idol no he isn't Fuck hey off. that was me mate I <laughs> Bubba Ray Alright, I'm going to say this right now. This is one of my favourite moments. We're like fucking 50 episodes of this podcast, everything included. More besides. And this is one of my favourite moments so far of something I've watched. Bubba Ray clearing house on four men on his own. Mm. The scoop slams. The crowd just... He starts off loud and they're kind of like, alright, he'll do this and then he'll get stopped. And he just keeps slipping and managing to get another move and another move and the crowd is built up to a perfect fever pitch it doesn't go on too long because mm. how many times we see where someone is doing something like yeah 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 yeah, yeah too long yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 perfect Bubba Ray Dudley is a fucking pro he's he looks like so fucking awesome he's it's, such a star isn't he here? he like is put in that position where he looks incredible yeah. like that is what you've seen right there right you have to have like if you want to be a main event babyface guy you have to have the that, fire. The fire. Yeah. And then, what is it? What is the fire you ask? It's this. It's what Bubba Ray just did there. To be able to get a crowd to take them from not to boiling in 10 seconds. Mm. We know as well Bubba Ray Dudley can be a heel. We know that from his ECW days, you know, antagonizing the crowd to jump off a roof or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just, I know I'm such a fucking mark for the man, but God damn it. He's got it all. He's got it all. He's the one, Bubba Gunn. <laughs> there are some great grunts here as well. It's my grunt in the night here. Oh. There's the, the several scoops. You've got a grunt of the night. I've nice. got a grunt of the night. Several scoops. Gimmick infringement, he, brother. He, he grabs uh, Goodfather, does the scoops, and uh, Goodfather just goes, <laughs> and he drops <laughs> it to the floor. Uh, he grabs Edge. Edge just goes, <laughs> just drops into the floor. And then, and then he does it to Christian, but Christian doesn't make a noise. Christian's silent. Yeah, Christian's silent, but those two noises. <laughs> Made me spit water all over my wireless devices. Few <laughs> <laughs> seconds. Ed Spears, Bull Buchanan, miscommunication, malfunction at the junction. Bull Buchanan manages to get eliminated. Big time Bubba bomb, and then Christian going for a splash on Bubba manages to hit his partner Edge. More fucking fire here, baby! Yeah. It's amazing. The fire, baby! It'll burn us both. The pimp drop, however. To Bubba Ray Dudley and Bubba is fucking left laying and he gets eliminated. Nah. I don't think the good father ever came up with a different name for it other than the pimp drop. Yeah, there's not really a clean alternative to that, is there? The piss drop? That's <laughs> nah, still a bit much. The 
Dr. Pip drop. The doo doo drop. Doo doo drop. Yeah. The please and thank you drop. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Well, no, I know used to do it, and Jim Ross would be like, well, there was a time once upon a moon where that used to be called the pimp drop. Not anymore, though. <laughs> Jeff Hardy manages to hit a swanton out of nowhere onto Christian, fucking eliminates Christian, down to the wire now. Good father and Jeff Hardy. Good father starts roll up the whole train, which gets massive heat from the crowd. He misses, manages to clock Val by mistake. Jeff gets the old roll up there, and Jeff Hardy manages to get the pin on the Godfather. Yeah. Dream Team wins. Yeah. Team Boyer victorious. This was awesome. So this good. Was great. Really good. Really, really awesome. And of course, what we love most about RTC matches is that not only have they always got nuclear heat, but almost always there's a big post-match angle. And this yeah. is no exception, as the whole RTC come out and do a four-on-one beatdown on Jeff. And his teammates are nowhere to be seen. They all hold him down yeah. as Val gives him the money shot. It's fucking brutal. But then the Dudleys and Matt appear and they fight them off. We get a 3D... Was up with all four boys holding yeah. him. Man, the was up. Jerry the King Lawler is about to explode of this because Devon's in the corner. He's like, here it comes, JR, here it comes. I'll let you do the honor. Say it. What's up? Say it. What's up? And JR just goes, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> old man. Oh, no. Uh, Bubba Ray does his Devon get the table shtick, which is now like, it's a whole thing now, which is was up. Devon, what? Get the fucking again yeah. but I love as uh, uh, he he pushes, does the push to Devon and then about a second later Matt does it as well I love it but like Matt looks like he's not so sure on it he's like should I do this should I not and I'll do it he's <laughs> a fucking Dudley boys Mark honestly and here we are 15 years later and that is still over still yeah. and it's not over because of the nostalgia it's just over full stop yeah you know that's awesome and uh, yeah he's about to put people through tables JR claims that Bubba's got a quote pre-wood trance Val and Stevie both get set through a table by the Dudleys and the Hardys, respectively. Awesome end to this one. Big Fucking cheer. Fantastic. They really, the crowd were dipping a little bit. You know, they were a bit touch and go, but here you can tell that the crowd, you know, if you gave them what they wanted, they were going to cheer because it was big pops. Biggest noise of the night so far has come from the Dudleys and the Hardys, really, here. And I really enjoyed this match. It was really awesome. Backstage, Triple H chats to the Radiators. Sorry, the Radicals. And Steve Austin is slowly walking en route, finally wearing his ring attire. Yeah. At last, we've unlocked the wrestling outfit in SmackDown 2 <laughs> for Steve Austin. Here we go, folks. It's our main event. Not for the championship, but for some confused reason about a man running over another man. It's Triple H taking on Stone Cold Steve Austin in an ODQ match. Somebody tried to take out Stone Cold Steve Austin. And somebody very, very calculating knew exactly what they were doing. The bottom line is this. When I find out who Rikishi's accomplice is, someone's going to get one hell of a serious ass woman. Like you always say, DTA Austin, don't trust anybody. This has turned into nothing more than a handicap match. Two men versus the rattlesnake. Hey, here comes some help. Here comes a guy. Now five dollars.
the game. Who gained the most in Austin's absence? I did. I held the World Wrestling Federation Championship longer than anybody. I married the boss's daughter. I ran the World Wrestling Federation. I was the damn World Wrestling Federation in Austin's absence. How proud is Triple H of himself? Triple H, you win the grand prize because it's Survivor Series. Austin, if a man has done the things that I have done, what will I do to win this game? It won't be for the weak of heart. What a war. What a battle it will be. Austin, game over. You know what they say, Austin? DTA. We should have seen it coming. Yeah. Should have seen it coming. Austin's own motto, used against him. So Austin managed to get another match with Rikishi and get out of jail. I don't know. Good lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> a hell of a lawyer. Now I ain't no fun. To, I ain't no fancy country lawyer. But it seems to me that I should be let off for trying to kill that man and nearly killing the police officer. Yeah, fine. Go with me, mate. <laughs> off you go. So Austin managed to get himself another match at Rikishi. This time in a steel cage. Do you want to guess how this match goes? Did you know, I tell you what, you can call this match I've just told you and you've not seen. Okay, uh, Austin murders Rikishi. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, cool. Match of the night MVP. So yeah, Austin beats Shere Rikishi. After the match, he's going backstage. And there's all this talk like that there was some sort of like Rikishi's like, oh, there is a higher power. It's basically Rikishi alluded to a higher power. Again. Right. You know. I answer to someone even greater than I, the Hower Power. It's me, Austin. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> but like, it was really funny. Like, Austin would be walking backstage, and like a fucking anvil would fall down beside him. <laughs> you know? Seriously, shit like that was actually happening. Austin's all spooked out, like, and you would see like there was like a, a black glove with a wrench that hit Austin in the face as he was meant to be going out for a match, and then it was like. Who is Black Glove? <laughs> you know? And now you're thinking, Austin's like, Oh, hell, son. First Rikishi's I have to run my ass over. Now I'm feuding with Dr. Claw. <laughs> oh, goddamn mad up in my ass. So, yeah, uh, it turns out that Dr. Claw was, in fact, Triple H. Yeah. And Austin never, never, never <laughs> saw it coming. And to emphasize the point, Triple H beat up Austin with a sledgehammer, blindsided him in the ring, and then put the glove on. <laughs> you put it on, like. See? See? Me. I'm totally not like OJ at all, like, you know. Puts on the glove. Fucking hell. He gained so much when Austin was gone. And that is the only reason this made any sense. Because he's yes. like, kind of, when you were gone, I married the boss's daughter. Yeah. I ran the WWF. I was the WWF. <laughs> and he's quite true. And I think the whole kind of. You know, the struggles he's had with loss of power that you know, we've talked about and how great that mm. was. He's obviously building a frustration with him. You know, he's not getting the championship back. And this was obviously his plan all along. So I don't you know, think you need any more justification than that. It's just literally the way they went around. The, the way we got to this end point of the story. If it was anyone here. other than Rikishi, if it was X-Pac, Billy Gunn, Road Dog, any goon. Seriously, that can be used as just a pawn in Triple H's plan. But it's the fact that they turned someone and gave him a complete 180 as a character yeah. in Rikishi that leads you to believe that this was not the original plan. Yeah. It couldn't have been. Why would you have an accomplice who has to do a big turn in a big fucking race story? 
Yeah. That's it's just not how it worked, sadly. We got there in the end though. We got there in the end, I guess. And aren't we glad? I'm very jazzed up for this one though, I would say. After that promo package, yeah. in spite yeah. of myself, I was kind of jazzed up for this one. New Triple H music. It was used like twice. You can tell it's like he's proper evil now, because there's a big guy. Which is basically Jim Johnson's way of saying you're a baddie. <laughs> that lick is your baddie. Austin is given a. You know what? There's one thing I love, and it's names, nicknames that never catch on. You know, I love that. It's my one of my favorite things in wrestling. Bugger like, Red. Bugger Red. Yeah. The Raging Redneck. The Raging Redneck. Uh, Shane, that one never caught on. That sounds like a parody of a wrestler from a cartoon or something. I thought the Raging Rednecks were a team in the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H looks badass here, though. With his new music coming out, he looks mean. He looks really fucking mean. And there's no Stephanie as well there, so I think Stephanie not being here, even though it was a, sh- a sloppy write-out, it does suit this kind of character. This is a blood feud between these two. Triple H did this before he met Stephanie, you know, because Stephanie was Armageddon, wasn't yeah. it? So it kind of sounds to good reason that maybe her not being involved here it's good. Stephanie looking sassy when Triple H was coming out there looking like a killer. Probably wouldn't have worked very mm. well for this one. So, yeah. This should have been the match, folks. By all means, when Austin comes out. And Austin doesn't run. Austin walks. But he looks at his look in his face as if to say, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to murderize you. I'm going to murderize yeah. you. I'm going to do what to you what I did to Rikishi, like, you know. And, yeah. Big fight feel for this one. Austin tees off immediately. Beats the shit out of Triple H. In the corner, he turns to the camera and goes... This son of a bitch is in for a long night. <laughs> and here we are. It's a full year later, but we're finally getting an actual Austin match where he's Proper wrestling. Because yes. I don't count that last one's match. What do you no, think? That wasn't a match. That wasn't a that match. That wasn't a match. That was just an angle. That was complete BS. Austin is on offense a lot. And anytime Triple H tries to do anything, he basically no-sells it. Mm. Like, Triple H does his face buster. Now, if you're a SmackDown versus Raw man, you know that's a signature. It and is. Austin literally scratches his goatee and then turns around using the Luthez press. Yeah. It's like when you're playing wrestling on the playground with a fucker who doesn't know, know that this is a give-and-take business. <laughs> and that shows uh, disrespect for our industry when you do that. And I don't like seeing Austin doing that. Yeah, no, that's not it's cool. A bit he out knows order, better. isn't it? Just beat up Triple H, right? You don't have to beat up Triple H and then no-sell his offense. You have to say that you're strong and he's weak at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Brawl outside, Austin in 100% control. Triple H and Austin head up towards the stage where there's some girders, which Triple H just falls yeah. over. Yeah, sad. Austin picks up a girder, which falls on him, which is like one of the only bits of offense. Triple H like force pushes him, basically. And it's one of the only bits of Austin doing his own Broken School Challenge, because that's just like the scrapyard. Yeah, seriously, like, yeah. Big yeah. bit of scrap metal. That's where he got the idea with. from. The two yeah. of them have to like, then go into the ring and, you know, trench warfare. <laughs> into the pit. Trench warfare. <laughs> JR, who is tougher? This is why these two men are fighting here tonight. No, it's to not, answer it's not that question. It's two men fighting. It's one man fighting and one man kneeling. Well, whatever about the question of who is tougher, I assume that Austin being run over by Triple H was kind of more of the preceding matter in this. That uh, might have something to do with it. Might as well. have something to do with it. These two guys are here to see who the better man is. They're not. He ran him over. <laughs> yeah. That's why the men are here, okay? I thought that, I don't know, Austin, he's not non stop in control. We're like halfway through the match at this point. 
10 minutes in and Triple H is barely throwing a right hand. Starting to feel a little bit too much like last month's one again. And like Triple H, he looks... He, he, he seemed like a real badass when he comes out in that promo package. Even backstage, his mm. new kind of fuck you attitude. He really has this nice air, which has kind of just been slowly destroyed here. It's been diminished in this match. And it doesn't sure. help as well the fact that Jim Ross is going, oh, Triple H has got problems with his back as well. Yeah. Great, so he's injured as well. He can't catch a break in this one. Seriously. Did Austin run him over as well? <laughs> Brawl backstage. A massive, big, rolly clothesline from Steve Austin. This is his running strike in SmackDown where he does the lariat and does a big roll afterwards. Oh, yeah. But he hits it with the force of a fucking big rig. I love it. Back at ringside, the Spanish announce table is the target of Austin's desires. He starts beating Triple H on it. He hits Triple H in the face with the monitor. It's a fucking sick shot. He then uses the cooler as well. Well, he picks up the cooler at first, and then he, he looks at Triple H, and he looks at the cooler, and he looks back again, and he's like, That's oh, a bit of a waste. I'm going to save this. Then he takes the beer out of it before he does it next time, so he can have his beer. So yeah, he drinks a beer, and Triple H big ble- bleeds big. Big yeah. time. Scary fucking bleed. hell. Scary. Austin drinks his beer, then smacks Triple H in the face with a can, which is something I replicated several times with my wrestling figures because they had a can for my Austin figure. It said Steve Weiser on it. Very good. Austin has another beer, and this is in post-match, pour it over my fucking eyes or whatever. He's literally there kind of going, oh, hell yeah. He's like fucking shotgun in the beer. (laughs) You know, fucking getting in and like, oh, pour that liquor into me. I'm pounding these beers. Austin like gets the ring steps and just starts slamming Triple H's head and there's blood and beer and piss and shit and fucking vomit it's just it's a mess shouldn't be feeling this bad for the bad guy at this point really no he's had a fucking horrible 10 minutes just now and like Triple H is lying there in a pile of cables blood and beer Austin walks into the ring and turns to Mark Eaton and goes clean that shit up (laughs) (laughs) fuck you mate Triple H gets one or two pathetic little hope spots, but it's always shut down immediately. Like, Austin goes through the stunner, and then, you know, Triple H gets a little neck breaker, but immediately Austin gets a spine buster straight yeah. after. You know, any hope spot Triple H gets is immediately ignored, and Austin just goes back on offense. Austin's tan line is very distracting. I yeah, can't say I noticed, actually. I noticed it. Oh, my God. It's like, he's, like, on the top of him, he's Steve Austin, and if you pull down the pants a bit, he's The Undertaker. <laughs> it's like the two extremes of the colour slider on No Mercy, you know? He's at the very, very pale and yeah. very, very tan. Just, like, he's obviously like that because he doesn't want to take off his big, tighty whiteies when he has his tan in. That's the only reason. <laughs> Austin beats up Triple H outside. Austin beats up Triple H outside. Austin now beats up Triple H outside. You begin to see uh, a pattern here of what's yeah, happening. Yeah, they're doing the same three things over and over again. Of just you know, fight in the ring, fight near the announce table, fight in the aisle, rinse then repeat. repeat. Yeah. Triple H, you know, in like the wrestling games where it feels mad sorry for you, just kind of gives you a finisher, just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're not very good at this, give it a whirl. So Triple H tries his finisher. On the ring steps, which will be the first successful offensive non-counter maneuver he hits in this come match. Come on, Triple really. H, come on. Nah, he gets him backdropped through a fucking announce table. Fuck me, man. Triple H in the ring begs off, covered in blood, broken back, mud hole stomping, stone cold stunner. Nope, cover. Austin goes out and gets a chair. He's not ready to finish it. He's not ready to finish it. <laughs> Really now, Steve needs to calm down. Seriously, He's becoming nice. the new Ken Shamrock here. Right, I hate to bring it to you, but this man didn't actually run you over. All right, it was someone else. If we do recall, 
he goes gets a chair and he attempts he's making it, he's going to pilmonize the ankle which I love yeah. he has a set up on the ankle there and they're like don't do it Steve don't do it you'll regret it the rest of your life and Austin takes it off I think he's going to have like oh maybe yeah. I should and then he puts it on his head yeah. <laughs> he's going to jump off the top rope well, he's going to decapitate <laughs> Triple H he's, like, he's going to take out a, a saw and going <laughs> <laughs> so yeah a bit of a scary uh, one here you know uh, they're claiming that he will regret it the rest of his life but yeah he decides not to do a Triple H rolls out of, out of the God. way thank God they head backstage for a bit of a brawl and they interact with all the hot spots including the Pepsi machine yeah all the bits that have the, the, the blue arrow in front of it yeah. so you yeah. go up to it and press special attack and then it'll do it yeah, he closes down the hood of the car over him you know <laughs> oh really do I just do the oh wait actually every single one of these I just do the, the spear tackle into that's a bit lazy Smackdown versus Raw 2011 but fine that's your choice Radicals <laughs> god damn it Jim Ross is incensed. All four men appear and beat the shit out of Austin. Four on one. Triple H slithers away. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, we get more. F- this has been a great pay-per-view for grunts. Yeah. Benoit backstage making like noises. Oh. Well, he's the only one who oh. can't get pulled off. That's why Everyone else gets pulled off. There's a Benoit's, million refs. Benoit yeah. has got like eight refs around him and none of them can get him off Austin. So I'm going to say this. you got to love Benoit, right? Dude, right, right. Four on one beat down in Austin. It'll be a pull apart with all the referees coming out to pull away away. And yeah, as you say, Benoit manages in that scenario with like 40 men on screen yeah. to look like a badass yeah. and Benoit is like straight away I remember when we were watching this you were like does Benoit feud with Austin because immediately you're kind of like you see that there that will be amazing match yeah the seeds of that's it. really, really smart be seeing it. sadly not and as part of the attitude era but it might be part of something we do down the line who knows question mark Triple H gets into a car what is happening yeah this is getting silly now right at this point after the stunner they did lose me and they lost the crowd as well, really. Definitely. Well, the, the crowd don't even give a shit anymore because they, they've not seen anyone in front of them for ages. Triple H goes out and sits in a car. What he's, he's planning, I seem to he's run, run over again. Yeah. He's yeah. getting Benoit to run across the street. So we get a conversation between him and Benoit for like two minutes. Ben- chatting. Benoit, where is he? I don't, I don't know, know, man. I can't find him. Go, go find him. Oh, oh alright, I guess. God yeah. damn it, piece of shit. <laughs> I want to run over Steve Austin. I want to retcon this shit. And Triple H's got a rag with him as well. So yeah, covering he's his rubbing his face. <laughs> I don't know, he put a, did he put a towel in the renter car before he came there? Or were you not meant to see that? Oh, I thought it was like a towel covered in like engine oil and shit. rubbing <laughs> all over his face. Kestrel GTX. Benoit tries to lure Austin into the car park. But he's nowhere there, and it's great. Benoit's like, can't find him, he's disappeared. And we get to hear Triple H's inner monologue for the next few moments. (laughs) God damn it, where's Steve Austin? What do people think of my new entrance music? (laughs) I wonder if that guitar curl is a little bit too heavy. I wonder what Stephanie's doing. What was I going to have for dinner today? Oh no, Steve Austin's in a crane! <laughs> we get like a horror movie shot. Have you seen Triple H on the side of his car? Then I don't know, it's like... <laughs> the, the, the side of the forklift comes in like into the car. And I'll say at this point, the forklift is a good four times bigger than Triple H's car. And it is bright orange and it is a loud piece of machinery. So I bet you're going to say that the, that noise was your grunt of the night. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way that Triple H didn't see Austin in that giant orange forklift coming towards him. It's like in Terminator Salvation when that giant robot manages to get the drop on him. Yeah. <laughs> Austin put it in stealth mode, like slowly creeped up on him. But yeah, Austin is in a crane. And in a scene that is like something out of Trailer Park Boys with Ricky taking it to Mr. Leahy. Yeah. <laughs> Austin starts pissing on everything and then he picks up Triple H's car with the forklift. 
And at the start, I'm thinking like, oh, it's just a little, it's a little lift off. Little dinky dink. Yeah. And he's like, oh no, Austin, don't do it, put it down. You're great. And then starts going, and there's like, oh, there's an extra bit. Keeps going. Keeps going. He is up very and you can see and you can, if they keep cutting to you can see Triple H inside that car there's yeah. some obviously some very good studio magic and what they how they yeah. did but Triple H was in the car up there you know for shots at to least. a point yeah. yeah and the best line from Triple H Austin I regret that whole car thing with you <laughs> <laughs> Austin please no that is the best worst <laughs> apology <laughs> ever I regret that whole car thing with you. <laughs> what, conspiring to murder the man? Austin, you're going to regret this. Don't do something you're going to regret. Austin, I regret the car thing with you. Austin, Jesus. Austin, don't do it. Don't do it. Austin, don't. Austin, please. Don't do something you're going to regret. Austin, please. Austin is gold here because he's like Austin please don't eh, 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 eh. <laughs> he's just going eh. but Steve eh. Austin Austin holy shit drops him yeah drops Triple H the car doesn't just fall off the thing but it turns upside down in midair and lands on the and, hood of the car and the roof just goes and so grass everywhere yeah, he's dead he's Triple H has been killed definitely dead Austin gets out of the crane Walks away. I swear to God, I wanted the bell to ring so much. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. It's such a strange end because he, he gets out of the crane, walks away. Credits. JR goes, Austin has got his revenge. End. That's literally it. Straight to black. Like that. <laughs> and that's it. That's Survivor Series 2000. What do you think of that main event? It was a fucking... You know what? I was not happy. I was happy to see Austin back and see him actually wrestle this time. But that, you got to make him look strong, I guess. But Triple H, he takes a little bit of a, um, a sabbatical for, mm. for a while. He'll be back by the next pay-per-view. But there was back issues or whatever, and because of this, he's written off for a little bit. Yeah. So I guess when Triple H comes back, we can kind of, you know, as if he's going to show up next Saturday Raw with a fucking big band-aid in his arm and a sling. Yeah. Looking like a dork. So him being killed, this is the worst, I guess. But Austin looks strong, but I don't think it made for a very interesting no. match. Didn't I mean, like that match. There's there's one thing of like Austin kind of went into the into the, the show with a mentality, we're gonna go in, we're gonna make me look strong and him look weak. Yeah. When what they should have done is gonna make Triple H look strong but me stronger. Yeah. Rock and, and that's Rikishi what they just didn't do. Rock and Rikishi managed to do yeah, that. Like you exactly said right. there, and they yeah. failed with spectacularly here Definitely. to do that. The spectacle at the end with the car, though. Well, I mean, that it's was a nice. Quite, that was man, a good. I loved it. That was a good raw spot. I don't know about literally ending a pay per view yeah. like that. Yeah, it made me nostalgic for '98 Raw, Russo and Austin. Yeah. And if they were going to do that, it shouldn't have been the main event. The end of the actual pay per view. That should have been earlier in the. In, yeah, in the at the very least, have, have, have something to go come back to afterward. Or have like a hardcore Holly like jog back to the ring. Especially, yeah. leave, especially like, now, because no one's going to be able to leave the stadium because they're going to have to clean up all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> so they're going to have to wait while they can get, to get people to the in the front cars. row. Parking's going to be a nightmare now. <laughs> son of a bitch. Like. So there you have it, Survivor Series 2000, first pay per view of the Stephanie McMahon era. 
this, though, is the start of a couple of problems for the WWF, which you might see cropping up as we get towards the right at the end. This had a quite a low buy rate, and we never really talk about buy rates on this show, it's not really that kind of show, but just in terms of maybe they didn't have everything going, interest in wrestling as a whole was falling at this point. You're talking about WCW is maybe three or four months away from going away forever. Uh, ECW likewise. So maybe the interest in wrestling is going down a little bit. People like to pin this on Stephanie and say, oh, she took over creative and they did a shitty byray or whatever. In terms of the overall creative action, do you see a noticeable difference between last month and this month with Stephanie? Not really. No, I mean, they definitely righted the wrong in terms of who Stone Cold is feuding with. Mm. The, the Rock and Rikishi rivalry was bullshit, but the actual match itself totally made up for that. Mm. I don't think there's like a stark difference no. between where we were last month. More of a steer, turn the ship in a slightly different direction and let the guys power it themselves. Yeah. That being said, we're watching this based on a pay-per-view only situation. I've not been watching Raw. Raw's are still very, very good. Yeah. But very, do, very do, do good. they feel different? Is there a noticeable difference in Raw? <laughs> not really, because I mean, the thing about Kresge is that, you know, when he was writing, it's not as if he was like stopping the likes of Triple H essentially cutting lengthy promos. Yeah. The problems with the show are still lengthy, lengthy McMahon promos, lengthy, lengthy Triple H promos. Mm. But in terms of like everyone having a feud, we're still getting that. The yeah. main problem I find though, and I think I mentioned this with, we're talking about Jericho and Benoit, is that there just seems to be very much a complete glass ceiling and they're not interested in elevating anyone. Yeah. You know, they know at this point what they're going to do at WrestleMania. That much is obvious, or at least it's a very good idea. But you've got a lot of hungry young guys on the roster, and to think that a lot of them left WCW for being underutilized. They have much better direction here, but they're setting up problems which, at the moment, because you're on a hot streak in the edge there, it doesn't matter that you're not giving these guys the, the, the right feud or giving them the big push. It doesn't matter. People love them and people are watching the show anyway. But these are the kind of problems I think that become endemic in the company. Well, when they take on WCW and ECW as well, and they've got all this other talent coming in, it's exactly, only get worse. and it gets worse, and they kind of fuck themselves over. They get a very bloated, very fucking stale mid card as a result of this. And these are just seeing now. It's interesting to see in the Attitude Era when they are seemingly ticking all the boxes mm. that they're making these mistakes still, which really fucking kill them when it comes to 2002, 2003. It's very, very interesting to see. That being said, I'm really interested now to see kind of where we go from here. Yeah. You yeah. know, on that road now. We're four Armageddon next. Left. Four pay-per-views left. Last one to say for this is Match of the Night MVP, Adam. Uh, match of the Night, I'm going to go for the second Match of the Night. The Radical Survivor Series match against uh, oh, yeah, the awesome. China and the Rowdy Boys. Uh, that was just literally everything the Survivor Series fan match. Ser fan service, basically. It was fan service. I, was, I didn't know the Radicals were getting back together, so I was amazed by that. Uh, and it was just literally the perfect Survivor Series match. Awesome. Really, really good. MVP. MVP. Mm. I think I'm going to give it to Kurt Angle because his performance all around tonight in his promos, in his match, his heel work, excellent, excellent stuff. Mm. A special mention to The Rock as well, though, for taking such a shit sandwich of a feud and managing to turn it into a really good match with a lot of emotion in it. Yeah, definitely. Billy, match of the night. MVP. Match of the night I am going to give to Just Four Boys versus um, Right to Censor. <laughs> Um, and Edge and Christian, yeah. Yeah, I think that was um, that was my um, my, my favourite match of the night. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, great matches on the card, but I think that one just did it for me. Yeah, MVP. Uh, MVP. Um, I want to give special mention to Ivory and Lita. Yes! Mm. But I think that my MVP tonight is, again, Kurt Angle. Mm. I really enjoyed Angle tonight. Just a chicken shit heel. 
he just always seems to get the win somehow. Yeah, in the most yeah. ludicrous yeah. way as possible. <laughs> That's a, it's one of the nicest things. Uh, it's I think it's wrestling at its best when you got a beatable heel champion. Mm. And it's like, someone has to beat this guy. Why can't we beat him? Yeah. And it may seem obvious, but you know when you've got cool heel champions, you lose that. Yeah. Triple yeah. H never had that. Why can't this motherfucker just beat this motherfucker? You know, Never had that with Triple H. That was his, one of his biggest failings as a heel mm. champion. But Kurt, what a perfect yeah. foil I'm for just like waiting everyone. For him to, I'm waiting for him to escape one day by just hot air balloon or something. <laughs> or, or the fan <laughs> man comes in and picks him out of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, match the night MVP. Uh, match tonight, I'm going to have to echo Billy and say uh, Team Boy mm. versus Right to California Girl with uh, Edge and Christian and Boland's Godfather. Post match angle was amazing. Bubba Ray Dudley had just, again, check that out, folks, that match. That's fucking star power. No one got a reaction out of the crowd like that. Mm. Really fun match. They loved it really well. They worked really, really good. Survivor Series matches can be a bit of a slog sometimes or a bit kind of a, just a waiting for people to thin out. But this one, every elimination caught me by surprise and mm. I got really invested in it. Really, really good. Special mention though to Rock and to Rikishi. That match was really, really, really good. Better than it deserved to be. Seriously. I mean, they took scorched earth and made a couple of daisies grow out of it. Yeah. So fair fucks to you for that, lads. MVP, I'm going to... It's a difficult one, but I think I'm going to have to give it to Lisa. Mainly because... A lot of people, you know, The Rock, I was very happy with what he did. You know, I thought he was very, very good. But in terms of someone going above and beyond, and that's usually what I like to give my MVPs for, mm. or someone really stood out, uh, I say Lita, just for, you know, fucking hard way, rest of match, getting a reaction from the crowd and, like, not letting a scary gash like that, you know, stop anything. I thought it was really, really awesome. So I'm happy to give Leah my MVP uh, for, for tonight. But that's going to do it for the Adichera podcast for this episode. Thank you so much for listening in. And as always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud or Stitcher, be sure you leave a rating or review. It helps us get some uh, movement up in the charts. Helps get more eyes on the sky, as they say. <laughs> no. That'll no. be a reference. That'll about be a re- five people. A, a reference there. No. Uh, thank you very much. As you always, if you recommend a podcast to a friend, a mid-carder from the nineties gets its wings. Everyone who's been recommending the podcast to other people, thank you so much for doing that. Keep in touch with us. Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Spoofs and Goose. Also as well, fan art. You want to submit any? Check out some of the stuff that people have made all over there at facebook.com forward slash attitude era podcast give us a like and follow us on twitter the best way to keep in touch keep up to date with our comings and goings we live tweet raw smackdown pay-per-views nxt here are thoughts on what's going on in the world of wrestling at ae podcast give us a follow and stay in touch head on over to our youtube channel youtube.com forward slash head on over to our youtube youtube.com forward slash ae podcast you'll find all sorts of clips and little spooks and goofs on there of some of our favorite moments from the podcast put to video also you can check out our vine account if you want a little more six second bites of comedy stuffings at butcher mania stuffings at butcher mania why don't you head on over stuff just put some peacocks over that'll be fine what the fuck was that that was govinda by kula shaker oh for fuck's sake (laughs) get out of here chronic (laughs) chronic Awful. That what, shit was. Do I want to say what you're advertising for? <laughs> Botchamania, stuff and things. I'll say now. I, I didn't. I didn't realize. I completely forgot about a song. 
until yeah. literally we were doing the wrap up then I was like fuck I told you I wasn't going to do Govinda yeah. then I forgot all of the songs <laughs> <laughs> well that's that then if you're in the market for a printed bit of wrestling the last man standing and the greatest fanzine that's going today Calling Spots if you like the tone and style of this show you will love Calling Spots it is a wrestling fanzine written by amazing contributors we take part in as well available on callingspots.com you can catch your newest high gloss beautiful copies they are nice they're nice or be a smart man get yourself a subscription get all the back uh, editions see all of our amazing articles Adam's artwork crosswords things like that if you want to help support this podcast give back monetarily a few quid and literally just that selfie.com forward slash AE podcast or audio commentary tracks which you can play alongside wrestling movies are available now to download for $5 or £3. There is a huge selection now of wrestling movies like Beyond the Mass and Wrestling with Shadows. Documentaries you can find on the network like CM Punk Best in the World. Or you can even take a stroll down memory lane with Steve Austin The Condemned. Or recently added Hanna-Barbera Classics Stone Age Smackdown and the Scooby-Doo Wrestlemania Mystery which features Billy in this one which is They're all available now. They're awesome. We've gotten great feedback for them so far. Download them using PayPal. And yeah, thanks very much for everyone who's got them so far. It's been really, really great doing Survivor Series 2000. Four more left. Oh my god. The end of the Attitude Era. I am fucking jazzed. So close. And it's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. We'll catch you next time at. The only pay-per-view to emanate from fucking Mobile, Alabama. It's going to be Armageddon. Sweet home, Alabama. <laughs> Armageddon. <laughs> Armabama. <laughs> <laughs>